Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Welcome back to Action Action, the podcast that watches all the action movies. We put them on our big list. We are on the BFOP network, the Blast from Our Past network. This is our 200th episode. Well, it's well, our, our, our 200th review. review. Now, we've had a lot of lost episodes in that time. <laughs> lost ones. We've done free-for-alls. We've, we've reviewed movies that don't go on the list. Oh, should... yeah. By the way, um, Hard Boiled is lost. Fuck. Announcement to our, it's <laughs> our listeners. So we're going to have to do hard We recorded we, it. We recorded hard bold and we lost We've it. We've done it twice now. And it was like an hour oh, and a half. Oh, Jesus. It was like an hour and a half. Yeah, it was a big episode. That was episode. a really good episode, I thought. And it is lost. You guys will never hear it. <laughs> but it's our 200th review of a movie. And for that reason, we did a little movie called Die Hard. And I'm going to throw it over to Dustin. And I think that it's only appropriate that you take over for the rest of this podcast. Oh, that's nice of you this to say. Is your this, this was my first. This is my first watch on this movie, and thank you guys for making me watch it. Well, I was actually hypnotized. <laughs> I was hypnotized so that I would think that I hadn't seen it until the credits rolled, and then I remembered. <laughs> and then I remembered afterwards. <laughs> that's like the greatest story. Uh, yeah. So I had a I had a buddy who claimed that he paid a hypnotist <laughs> to make him forget having seen Die Hard so that he could watch it again for the first time. Man, if only that was true. I mean, it would be amazing. Uh, yeah, no, of course, I've seen Die Hard uh, many, many times. My favorite movie of all time. And is it the most watched movie for me? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, I've watched it hundreds of times. Trapped in Paradise. Right. Mine is probably Mallrats. Yeah. When's uh, the last time you watched Mallrats? Doesn't matter. I used to watch that movie multiple times a day. There's like a school. super duper Blu-ray that came out, or 4K <laughs> edition. Have you tried to delve back into that? To watch Mall Rats? I haven't watched it in years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to... I want... Uh, funny thing... Come on, there's some gold in that There movie. is gold. And I still quote it a lot. But I don't know. There's sometimes I just want to leave... <laughs> leave it be? Well, sometimes I want to like, leave but things... But Hartford, the whale? They only <laughs> beat Vancouver like once, twice. Yeah. Uh, I, there's, there's a lot uh, that I love about that movie. And one day I'll, I'll watch it again. But sometimes I just want to leave like things where they are. Um... I mean, I don't know if you want to get into what we watched this week or if we even should do that because of how packed this yeah, episode is no. going to be. Well, that's true. Well, let's let's do a quick uh, a seek and destroy and well, see what, what's going on in the world out there. As normal, I did my uh, TV watching. Yeah. So I watched my Better Call Saul's and my Bosch's. Ooh, Better Call Saul. Ooh. Better Call Saul. <laughs> Firecracker of an ending. Of bit, of, s- bit of a crazy cliffhanger there. Pretty, the pretty, show's over now? No, it's the, the mid-season finale because they're doing like a two-half 
season thing. This is a really, really dragged out season. Like on any other show, I would say that this is probably too much. And it's just fill a lot of it is filler. But on the show, I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> like me, the, the, I want to. The show linger. is over after this. After the second half of this. After the second half of the season. season yeah. But we thought Breaking Bad was over, and then they gave us Better Call Saul. So, yeah, the Pinkman Chronicles might be next. <laughs> oh man. Well, I guess I would watch that. So that's great. I have no real destroys. Oh, actually, I do have a destroy. This is how I feel today about this. It's a TV show called Outer Range. Which oh, I was yeah, kind weird of western with in Josh on. Brolin. And I'll tell you, man, this was tedious. I think we watched the last episode, watched half of it, and then we went to bed. And we were like, okay, let's just... A couple of days later, I'm like, oh, we haven't finished it. So I went to my wife and I'm like, let's just fucking get this over with. And like watch the second half. And it's huge, you know, like earth shattering for the for the show, like things happened in the second half of the last for the whole last episode but i don't know if i'm coming back for season two yeah um i haven't heard much about it other than that it's like strange it is strange but i mean that doesn't mean anything anymore yeah. like <laughs> yeah it's there's we're like, we talking twin peaks strange like what are we yeah are we talking stranger things strange like, okay. like those are different strangers in my mind yeah like they're very different strangers this is more of a Good strange, uh, bad strange. It's good strange. It's just that I, the show is. T- I find the show to be tedious. Mm. So we've reached peak TV. <laughs> well, we've that's We're a whole. Back down that's a slope. big conversation. <laughs> um, my that's, that's, that might now destroy. Now that outer range is out. That's my that's my possibly don't watch. But I did watch. Speaking of nostalgia, mm-hmm. got around to watching that little Chip and Dale movie. Ooh, I watched it as well. James, I watched, watched it twice. It? You watched it twice. Yeah. So I, I think you, I don't know if you saw my review. Like I just gave it a score on no, I didn't Letterbox. See I gave it a four. Oh yeah, well. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. It's a movie that you cannot think about <laughs> about any of the repercussions of what happens in the movie. You cannot think about what happens outside of the things that you just see. I thought uh, John Mulaney was canceled now. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> why? Why? Because he brought Dave Chappelle on to open for him at a stand-up, and then he, he hugged him afterwards. Well, Dave Chappelle is apparently an enemy to the trans people. I shouldn't say that. Like, I understand why people are upset. It's just we're not one thing. People are not just right. But anyway, uh, I shouldn't have made the joke. No, it's just like it's such a complicated thing to talk about. It is. Um, but so yeah, Chip and Dale, you, and you loved it. I, John, I, I, I really liked it. I take it you liked it. You watched it twice. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, first time I watched it by myself in a dark room. <laughs> okay, <laughs> interesting. Uh, second time, watch it with the kids. Uh, the kids liked it. Didn't understand the majority of it. Right. It's a lot of references. Uh, a lot of references, and I halfway through the movie I'm like do you know what's going on and they're like not really <laughs> but they were so, amused by the bright colors yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so um yeah I mean it's a movie you can just watch over and over and over again like even in the second time I'm not so much paying attention to what's going on in the, in the plot, plot. Like I'm like all the little looking at all the stuff in the background there's right. so much stuff in the background to look at though yeah yeah, especially when they're in like those convent that comic book convention kind the of comic, environment. Yeah. yeah, or like there's like so many. I mean, the joke that really stands out to me is like, 
a perfect joke is when they come, they burst through a door and they're like, oh no, where are we? I think we're in the uncanny valley. Oh yeah. 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 That was great to see some of that. Yeah. Those, the dead eyes and stuff. I'm looking right at you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're looking at the window. <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty good. It was a lot of funny stuff, a lot of great references and like weird, just unexpected appearances of characters from other stuff. And it's not just like, obviously Disney has access to a ton of IP at this point that they can throw in their movies, but there was stuff that I'm pretty sure they don't own that, that shows up in this movie too. Oh yeah. I mean, the ugly Sonic stuff was great. Um, yeah, the Ugly Sonic stuff was really great. Um, Tim Robinson was Ugly Sonic. So, speaking of John Mulaney getting canceled, <laughs> before I saw the movie, uh, I didn't know what the movie was about, but I saw a thread on Reddit or something like that. And it was, I, I didn't realize that Peter Pan was the, the bad guy. Spoiler alert for Chip and Dale. Um, Sweet Pete. Sweet Pete. And people were like, do they not understand the story of the person who played peter pan and i guess he like died in like a fucking flop house in new york of like like, like the person who voiced him for the yeah, Disney of, a, of like a drug overdose because like hollywood wouldn't hire him oh shit and it's like mm-hmm. yeah these people are monsters it's like and then somebody's like specifically like john mulaney and andy sandberg are absolute monsters they, I, I expected the nothing less from these two. And it's like, what? Are the, do you know them? And if you do, <laughs> then fucking s- well, talk. And uh, directed by Akiva Schaefer, of course, who, who also Island. did uh, Popstar and Hot Rod. Well, he's part of the Lonely Island. I mean, yeah. And Popstar, one of the best comedies of the last 20 years, probably. But right? also skewing and referencing everything. I just, yeah. it's like, fuck off. Like, did well, they there's, go... there's not a thing that exists that someone isn't... Outraged and this is this why point. we are anti SJW. <laughs> yeah, we've taken a we're hard turn to down. the right. <laughs> this is why we're now a Freedom Convoy podcast. After that this, meme where that car is like <laughs> taking the exit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, I do feel like this is Rescue Rangers is the uh, is the movie that pretty much everyone could be upset about. Right, you got the diehard Disney people. Being like, how dare they show right, you're, you're, you're Gaston make, you're, like right, that? Right, you know, you're like, making jokes about things that are sacrosanct to people, right? So yeah. was the joke when uh, the joke when like Dale is like talking to like three hunks and he's like, hey, you guys want to get some pizza? I know the best pizza place. Were they at a Chippendales? Yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. And they and they show the Chippendales thing at the beginning too, right? Where he's like, I bet when you hear the you're yeah. Chippendale. Uh, I do like the joke that Sweet Pete says the uh, what is it believe me you're gonna like the way you look oh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah there's a lot of gold in here i'm not gonna get away with that <laughs> you mean the uh what is it the the what's the commercial oh yeah it's like the just for men or whatever i think isn't it no it's the warehouse it's the warehouse yeah oh. it's like the warehouse commercial the men's warehouse. Oh, men's warehouse. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You mean the men's warehouse reference? Yeah, I think I'm going to get away with it. <laughs> You're going to love the way you look. Yeah. Uh, James, did you watch anything else other than Chippendale? Uh, yeah, I watched uh, Everything Everywhere all at once. Oh, you did? What did you think of yeah. that? Loved it. Isn't it great? Okay, I haven't yeah. watched it yet. I was supposed to watch it. What the fuck? <laughs> the whole thing was. You got to watch it for next week. I know, talk and about. I tried. 
All that TV. You wasted your time on whatever that shit that open mediocre range TV show. <laughs> show. Outer uh, streaming it's, service. I, it's because like at the end of the night, after all the kids are actually finally in bed, I have such a limited amount of time that I have to like math out watching a whole movie. And I don't want to break that movie up into two. Mm. I want to just watch it. So, okay. I promise you I will watch it for next week and then we can talk about it. Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to watch the whole movie at once. Yes. And you loved it. Yeah. I thought it was crazy. And I mean, we'll have to talk about it next week, I guess. <laughs> All I hear is I've not heard a single bad thing about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, I've seen some bad reviews for it on Letterboxd from people, but they're fucking crazy. <laughs> I'll just say that. So. Uh, I just, I, I think it's so unique and so out there that it it's refreshing. The Daniels. So from I'm going to do a double feature. I'm going to do Swiss Army Man, and then I'm going to do <laughs> every. Oh, I haven't you watched. You that. could probably skip Swiss Army Man. I remember you told me a long time ago to watch it. You're like, I really want to know your opinion on this, <laughs> and I never got around to watching it. I mean, I didn't hate it I, because it was at least it was something very different, <laughs> the farting corpse movie. But um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's definitely nowhere near as good as uh, uh, everywhere. What is it? Everything everywhere all at once. But. Yeah. Um, so have you seen the movie, Dustin? I'm looking at you in this one. The, the death of Dick Long. No, I meant to, I never did see that. I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking weird movie, man. Yeah. And you're, yeah, you'd put it in that sort of realm. Uh, uh weird movies. Yeah. It's a movie about a guy who dies fucking a horse. <laughs> yeah. Well, and his friend fun. and his friends weird. try to cover it up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's fucking weird. <laughs> Yeah, I meant to watch that. I never. It's directed by one of the Daniels. Oh, okay. okay. That's well, why that I brought makes, it makes up. Makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I'd I'd watch it. It's worth a watch. I mean, I've 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 seen what makes you smile. Like, yeah, <laughs> like disgusts me. So right, right. <laughs> uh, and James, anything else? Everything all everywhere all at once, and uh, 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 that's it. That's mm. all I really had time for. Okay, I'll just you now I reel off a few things here. I. Uh, I watched the new season of Love, Death, and Robots on Netflix. Have you guys ever watched that show? It absolutely no. does not interest me in the tiniest bit. Man, it's cool. <laughs> uh, the second season was kind of like, eh. But the first season and this new season, I really enjoyed most. In fact, I, I think I liked almost every short on this new season. Because it's an anthology show, and they're just short animated things. They have different. Each one has a different style of animation. They're all like sci-fi related kind of things. Um, and they're just like short stories, basically. They're anywhere from five to 20 minutes, kind of max. Um, I really enjoyed this new season. It's a lot of them were written by like indie horror authors that I am like I follow and read books by and stuff like that. So that was mm -hmm. cool. Um, and it's just, I don't know. It's cool. It's cool because each one, you can just kind of go through them so fast binging them because every one of them, is, they're short as hell and each one is totally different style to it and stuff. So even if yeah. you don't like one, you're on to the next one pretty quick. Uh, but yeah, so I enjoyed the new season of that uh, quite a bit. I don't know, John. I think you would actually like a lot of it. It's, okay. well, fine. I, I don't know, I don't know like, what me. the idea of it is that you got in your head or whatever. I, have, I, I was going to say, I know nothing about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like robots. I don't care for robots. Um, Man, just wait till we have our robot overlords. They're going to be pissed at you. I don't know. It kind of reminded me of like fucking... <laughs> I don't know what the show is about. It just doesn't turn my fucking... Crank. I'll watch uh, it though because you said it. I I trust your recommendations. 
check it out. It's it's easy to watch and it's short. But uh, I also watched the first episode of the new season of Kids in the Hall. Oh, I started watching it. I started it. watching it as well. And I thought it was hilarious. Yes, I yeah. enjoyed it quite a bit the first episode. But so I'm I, excited to watch the rest. I watched the first skit. And then yeah, I the first sketch where they finally break even on brain candy. It's yeah. no pentaverant. <laughs> no, oh, oh, so I watched this uh, the second skit. Like that that to me was like the the intro oh, right, to the, intro, the yeah. show. Is that the strip one? That's the one. You, the strip. They're one. looking the, for two guys. <laughs> clothes on. Fully clothed. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of dick in this first. Like, episode. okay, jump up and down. Kids, uh, are, the kids are hanging <laughs> some dong here. Uh, which is interesting and like 65 or whatever they are now. I've watched the first episode and I was shocked at how good I thought it's it was. It's very solid. So yeah, I'm looking forward Did to it. Did they hang Dong a lot it. when... No, not no. really. I don't think so. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> this new thing. New got to tread some new ground. I I thought it was really funny. I, <laughs> I liked it. Yeah, Pentaveret I've heard is pretty bad. I'm not watching the Pentaveret. I watched the short little, you know, in Netflix, if you hover on it, it shows you a little scene from it. And that scene I thought was kind of funny, but then everything I've heard about it is that it's pretty terrible, uh, which is too bad. But anyway, um, I did a double feature the other day of these movies called Party Line and Lisa. These are 80s, late 80s um sexy phone based thrillers yeah it doesn't you watch a lot of sexy, <laughs> sexy things sexy stuff from like i like some, I like some, some steamy yeah movies, i was on your guys. letterbox and it said like your top your thing is like dustin's top five movies or whatever and it was like two of them were like weird sexy like prison style movies or something and <laughs> oh, I was you guys like, don't like f- women in prison movies no but i was a little bit like what the fuck <laughs> vibe are you going for like is this like a are you signaling other people <laughs> Yeah, you got well. You got to like find your. your like I heard, you got to find that, your people, right? I heard that if you put a pi- if you wear a pineapple, or you put a pineapple in, in front of your house, or have a pineapple knocker, it shows that you're a swinger. <laughs> oh, okay. So I was like, I don't Let's know if you write that. Down. I don't know if you were signaling like other people with your sexy SS movies or whatever the fuck you're into. Oh Jesus! Uh, yeah, no. So the, I don't know if you guys remember, but this was kind of a thing for a little while. There was like these. I can't bring up the poster because your fucking internet doesn't work, John. But uh, you can see the tiny, tiny picture of it there. Party line. Oh, yeah. The lady. She's like wrapped in the cord. The cord is wrapped around her. I'll look it up on my computer because my internet works fine. Oh, fuck you. Uh, (laughs) And so, yeah, this they're just like this one is actually about a couple. Well, not a couple, a brother and sister duo. The sister would lure guys in on the party line, whereas like people meet in the you know this pre-internet sort of chat line of, on the phone. Yeah, this is one of the ones I saw that was like in your top favorites. It's not in my top favorites. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a movie I remember seeing the VHS box for all the time when I'd go to the video store, and of course I would you know I'd have a gander at this. I like, uh, never oh, saw it. Wow. <laughs> Look at that cord. That cord. Um the cord so low. Not a terribly good Not a terribly good movie, but the other movie I watched in Wait, the, wait I want to ask you a question. Oh, uh, yeah. What? Did you ever have a party line? No, I didn't, but a friend of mine did and it was weird. Was like, it James and John cuz we had a party line? Did you? Yeah, no, a buddy of mine had one when I was a kid and I remember going to his house and you'd like pick up the phone to call somebody and be like, "Oh, there's people on here talking." Yeah. <laughs> when we lived uh, the last place we lived in Ontario, before we moved here, yeah, who had a party line out in the country, and it was fucking weird, yeah, because like just listening on some some chats. I never did. I wish I I wish I had of more, but <laughs> it was weird because I think other people definitely listened in. I'm sure. That's also the house that we lived on where we had um, uh, Mennonites like live down the street. Like I think Americans would call. I, I don't know if there's a different religion or whatever, but like Amish people. 
Yeah. And these people and are cutterites. So, they're so fucking weird, man. So like, they drove a horse and buggy and all that shit. Mm-hmm. They'd come like to, the, the real deal, Mennonites. Yeah, they'd come to our house and use our phone. Right, because they, they don't have rides a phone. in yeah. the town. And my dad would give them rides <laughs> because it was like they couldn't, they couldn't own a car or drive it, but they were like okay to ask for a ride because it's your sin. Yeah, <laughs> it's your sin. It was like super weird. I was like, I don't, this whole religion thing is wild. Um, <laughs> the second half of this double feature was better. This movie, Lisa, was actually pretty good. And it wasn't what I thought it was. I, I, I picked it based also because it had a, a cover that was also like a girl laying on a bed on a phone. This was a different You plot. were just going for... Well, yeah, these movies from like this, <laughs> this, these types of movies from this time period. Uh-huh. Um, this one was actually different, though. This was actually about like a, a, a teenage girl who like she would get dudes numbers and like... Um, call them and pretend to be an older woman and talk to them on the phone and so then she she gets into this one guy who it turns out is this serial killer and she's like catfishing him for a while and then he you know he's figuring out and he gets upset and yes and tries to kill her and her mom it was actually pretty decent it was actually pretty well made Mm. um it wasn't what i thought it was based like on the party line movie at all the party line thing was a different movie altogether but you were just looking for party line looking for party line movies man (laughs) Such a specific Living that fantasy niche genre. Uh, but only anyway, th- only thing getting you off this week is Party Line. No, the other thing that got me off is the movie we're about to talk about. <laughs> oh, segue! <laughs> it is Die Hard. James, roll that trailer. We thank you, one and all, and wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's Christmas Eve in L.A., but a team of terrorists. You want money? kind of terrorists are you? Who said we were terrorists? Have their own holiday plans. And I'm telling you, you're just going to have to kill me. Okay. We do it the hard way. But the one thing they didn't plan on was New York cop John McLean. Got invited to the Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? You really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee-ki-yay, mother... And you'll have it. They have already killed one hostage. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. Lady, do I sound like I'm ordered a pizza? Come to Papa, honey. Are you really an American? Only if New Jersey counts. What does he think he's doing? Good job. He's an easy guy to like. Welcome to the party, pal. And a hard man to kill. Bruce Willis. Die Hard. All right, so Die Hard, here we are. This is it, guys. This is it. We made it. The show has ended. And we made it. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. Oh, can we play that song uh, by Newfound Glory? Is that a song that they have? It's, it's, all, it's all downhill, downhill from here. Well, <laughs> good they, job. Th- those are the words. I wouldn't say that was the. There's nothing else. <laughs> that was very whiny. I that, was nas- I it, that was pretty accurate. That wasn't nasally enough. Oh, I thought it was the Newfound Glory. Why don't you take guy? a shot at it, John? Oh, God. Yeah, so. 
this is going to be a tough one to top if we can ever do it because to me it's the it's the greatest it's the goat it's the bee's knees it's uh cat's pajamas why I love action movies so much the cat's pajamas yeah the cat's pajamas so if you haven't seen Die Hard (laughs) Dustin tell them what Die Hard is all about here's a synopsis directed okay so 1988 directed by John McTiernan tagline I've got on here is 40 stories 12 terrorists one cop that was on the poster too remember James you gave me a poster a long Mm -hmm, time ago mm -hmm, mm -hmm. had that on it uh, NYPD cop John McClane's plan to reconcile with his estranged wife is thrown for a serious loop when minutes after he arrives at her office, the entire building is overtaken by a group of terrorists. With little help from the LAPD, wisecracking McClane sets out to single-handedly rescue the hostages and bring the bad guys down. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everyone has seen the movie, right? Who's like, if you're out there and you haven't seen this movie, uh, sounds like, is you're it? listening to an action movie podcast... I don't know what's gone wrong for you, but I'm watching the movie with, and I'm like, "Hey, Cohen, like, do you want to watch this?" And he's like, "Oh, the Bonnie Bedelia movie? <laughs> Get the fuck out!" Of here. He is what? The what? Because he knows, because he knows Brooklyn Nine Nine in and out. Oh right. So the first name he knows is Bonnie Bedelia. <laughs> the Bonnie Bedelia vehicle? Because he's like, "Oh, Bonnie Bedelia's in this movie." <laughs> She sure is. That's Bonnie Bedelia. Is that he's like is that Bonnie Bedelia? And I'm like, it is Bonnie Bedelia. You're the only nine year old in the fucking world that knows this. Man, uh, if I'd been in the room, I would have been like, what? <laughs> and like a triple take. Yeah, he knows uh, like he knows like Nakatomi Pot. Like he knows he knows it all. Well, he knows every reference. Right. The Brooklyn Nine Nine yeah. references. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about prior relationship to the movie. James? Um, I have no idea when I watched it the first time. It, it no. definitely wasn't when I was a kid. So Yeah, you were a bit older already? Yeah. And I think the first time I watched it, I was like, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I wasn't like, oh my God, like this is... Mm-hmm. I was like, no, where's Seagal? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I think over time, it's just kind of like... You don't realize a lot of the time, like you watch these movies like Speed, like Under Siege, you know, all these movies that that are influenced that by are Die influenced Hard. by yeah. Die Hard. So you you see these movies and you, and then you watch Die Hard, and it's like okay, well, like so much stuff came from this movie. Yeah, and yeah, so I mean, over time, just a greater appreciation, but. Yeah, I it built, I it built up for you. It built up. Now I don't watch this every year at right. Christmas. I'm not one like of some those of us. Fucks. Like some of us do. Yeah, well, does it, can you run down the list of movies you watch at Christmas though? Because there's at least four. Uh, well, there's I don't know. There's different ones. You watch you watch the whole Lord of the Ring. <laughs> I like to watch Lord of the Rings around Christmas if I can. I don't make a point of doing it every Christmas year. Are they Christmas movies? I don't know. Yeah, it to is, me they are. Is, okay, this is a weird thing. <laughs> I don't understand. I associate it with church people. <laughs> Right. For some reason, from in my head, it's like tr- Mormons, like church people watch Lord of the Rings. That's yeah. just because of the association I have with certain people who did stuff like this. Right. Okay. But somehow you fall under that now. <laughs> yeah. Like, but it's like, oh, it's it's Christmas. Let's get together as a family because I want to spend. I want to watch. I want to watch the extended trilogy. Yeah, I want to spend fifteen hours with my mom and watch <laughs> fucking. The Hobbiton, Hob- the Shire. What's happening in the Shire? Uh, I get what you mean, though, like that you associate with like Christian. Like, I, 
I can just like I think that's picture. A, I think that's part of where we live. I, I, I know, but I can picture the dad being like, oh man, well, uh, how are we going to make it so he doesn't think about like women or like doing <laughs> drugs? Like, let's watch Lord of the Rings, <laughs> like 15 hours or whatever it yeah. is. The look extended how, cut. Look how cool this orc fight is. <laughs> and it is. It is cool. Um, but let's now stick look, to Die Hard. Now look how cool moment. this orc fight is. And just wait till I wait, make you guys watch the extended trilogy for one episode. It's never happening. <laughs> no. It's not happening. If James and I both won't uh, do it. Oh, man. Amazing. Um, My relationship with this movie, Dustin, is mm-hmm. the same as James's. I don't know when I watched it for the first time. I was not a child. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know if I was a teenager, to be honest. Like it was in a movie that was like really in my life, uh, and then I watched it and I loved it. And for a long time, I was like, "This is a Christmas movie," <laughs> and then I was like, "I'm an asshole." <laughs> it's not a Christmas <laughs> movie a, at who gives all. A shit. People should stop talking about this. And it's also Christmas adjacent. It's not a Christmas movie. So I'm now on the side of it's not a Christmas movie, and people should shut the fuck up about it. Uh, like I mean, I'm on the side of I don't give a shit. Watch like, it. I get Watch it. I get it. it. You know that people say it's a Christmas movie, and I and I get the people that say it's not a Christmas movie. Um, I'm just tired of the memes of right. It's Die not hard to it, Christmas. It's Die not, not a Christmas. Yeah, Die it's not Christmas yeah. till Hans falls. From, right, right. Yeah, you know, like fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> not Christmas until a virgin has a baby. <laughs> yeah, virgin air quotes. <laughs> oh, okay, James. Coming with the hot takes. James, take that back. No, fuck <laughs> <laughs> that. Um, okay, well, so yeah, so my relationship is my dad took me to see it in the theater when I was about ten, uh, and blew, like, blew uh, my fucking mind. I need to understand though, like the buildup of how you got. Okay, so so like because you can't just say, "Hey, son, you're ten now." Now you're going to watch this fucking movie, <laughs> right? There's got to be a build up to where you can appreciate a well, movie like this. Yeah. I mean, my dad liked watching a lot of movies, so I saw a lot of movies as a kid. Um, I can't. This wasn't like my first rated R movie or anything, I don't think. But um, uh, mine was. Um, this is rated R. The Marlboro Man movie. <laughs> uh, Harley, Harley Davidson the Marlboro Man. Woo. <laughs> That was the first time I that's saw. That's what we got to do. On that's the, one, show. the first time I saw boobies in a movie. Nice at Ryan and Daniel Crandall's house in uh, in Avon. I think this has come up before Ontario. on the show. Uh, first time seeing boobies in a movie. Um, yeah, so he took me to see it. I, there was there, I had a neighbor kid that I would play with sometimes who was a little older than me, and I specifically remember him telling me about the last scene where McLean has the gun taped on his back. Right, and so he told me about that before I had even seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Fucking, fucking spoiler <laughs> shit. <Yeah. laughs> we didn't know about spoilers. Was at it the Dan? Time. No, I was this older kid. Um, <laughs> That's why he ate spoilers because Dustin beat the, I shit, beat out the of him. shit out of him so bad <laughs> than an inch of his life. <laughs> He's never liked spoilers since. Uh, no, this neighbor kid told me about it, so I went into it knowing that part, but it didn't matter at that age. Like, I was totally just enthralled by the movie and then when it came out on vhs i got it for christmas or my birthday or something and uh like from a cool uncle no from, from my dad from, from or my dad. mom or somebody your mom my, my parents yeah somebody gave it how to would me. your mom be okay with this did your mom listen to this and does she listen to the show not that i'm aware of <laughs> no um your mom doesn't seem like the type that would be okay with you watching this as a child 
Uh, well, my uh, we uh, we were raised sort of religiously, and I did go to Christian school. But my parents actually weren't that religious when I was a kid. Like they would drop me off at Sunday school and go home and pick me up, and, they, the and then and they would only drop they drop me off there sometimes, <laughs> kind of thing. Like I wasn't going to church every weekend or anything. Lobster buffet on Sundays. And uh, yeah, yeah. so there was there was weird ways in which they were weirdly lax, but then there was like, you know, we had the satanic panic, so then like you had to watch out for anything that was might have to do with witchcraft and stuff like that. Um, but, but your dad wasn't into it. No, no, he didn't care about any of that shit. Um, so so he watched a lot of movies and I saw a lot of movies and I saw Die Hard in the theater. Got it on VHS. I remember watching it six times the first day that I got it Holy fuck. <laughs> I think I just watched it, rewound it, watched it, rewound it, watched it. Were you one of those kids that actually had the point where like you would pause and rewind a VHS so many times that there would actually be like a like skid mark on the Oh on yeah, the tape? we got to use the tracking because that one part is like fucked up or something. Yeah. yeah, probably. And like I can't tell you how obsessed I was with Bruce Willis as a kid like I thought he was the coolest fucking guy ever and I, I was like I wanted to be Bruce Willis he was like you know he was and look funny at you now buddy and I look just like him <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I just loved him and I would I remember playing Die Hard by myself in our front like foyer hallway as a kid I got I used to get nosebleeds a lot <laughs> So this is a crazy story. I just get nosebleeds a lot. Mm -hmm. And so I had one one day. And so I just pretended I was John McClane and I was fighting the terrorists and getting beat up. And I was fucking like splashing, splashing blood everywhere. Blood everywhere. All over the hallway. And boy, were my parents. And angry. your mom's like, Jesus fucking Christ, Dustin. <laughs> no, my dad was pissed. <laughs> I was like, you can't do that. Blood, like all over the wall. What stuff. is this bullshit? <laughs> Well, because I was just like, oh, yeah, because I don't know. There's this whole idea of this guy who goes through this crazy experience. And like we've talked about so many times, John McClane, the character and Die Hard have come up so many times on the show as the exemplar, the example of this character that actually is vulnerable, who gets wounded, who can't just breeze through some situation. And he's like an invincible tough guy. Right. He's a guy that has to grind it out, who just like is barely getting by somehow. Yeah. By the skin of his teeth. Well, yeah, and I so I think we said on the last episode that we got contacted to like talk about Bruce Willis. Did yeah, we, did we talk about that? We, yeah. we brought it up. Yeah. Um. So I read a bunch of articles, and they were all pretty much said the same things that we already talk about. But it was it was a complete change of uh, who the hero is, what they stand for, what they look like, what they're who they who they can be, what they are. Is yeah, this, this it was, is, there was a shift happening at this time, right? Because we'd been through the Stallone and, and Schwarzenegger heyday at this point. Yeah, and and what McTiernan and company saw, because Bruce Willis was uh, this, I mean, it's it's not rude to say, he wasn't even their, like, fifth choice. Yeah. He was, like, literally one of their last choices. And they, this movie only got made because um, uh, Candace, uh, not Candace, I said Candace Bergen last time, too. Is it kind of, uh, Civil Shepherd. Civil Shepherd. Civil Shepherd got pregnant, so he could step away from moonlighting. He was a TV actor. He was a TV actor. No TV actor had really ever crossed over in the film like what Bruce Willis ends up doing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it it had happened for sure, but but the, everyone like 
when they found out he was cast, everyone was like, this is going to be a piece of shit. And they also... Yeah, have, they, they didn't put his face on the poster initially because people, yeah. they were like, oh, people will think they, it's going to be a comedy. A comedy. But they also downplayed it. And they also said stuff like, um, okay, if he gets this many millions of dollars for making this, like 20 million... No, it wasn't 20. It was like 5 million. If he, if he gets $5 million for doing this, like what's... Schwarzenegger going to get like what's whoever going to get because this was a ridiculous amount of money to be paid for yeah. a movie like this right um, this is also a movie that Sinatra had first right of refusal for right because he started like th- this was based on the novel by the by this dude Richard Thorpe and he had done this the previous novel was the detective which Sinatra did star in the movie adaptation of mm-hmm. so then he had the first you know he had to turn it down in order for anyone else to get it kind of thing and of course, he was in his seventies at the time, so he didn't he wasn't going to make this movie. Um, but here's here's the list of other people that were going to be possibly John McClane: Richard Gere, Sylvester Stallone, Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Clint Eastwood, Robert De Niro, Charles Bronson, Don Johnson, Richard Dean Anderson, Burt Reynolds, and Michael Madsen were all up. For well, this. and um, Don Johnson was an actor who had actually tried and failed to get uh, out of the to TV get out. blocks. Yeah. And uh, I think at this point, Bruce Willis had two movies that he had done, which were both not successful. Before yeah, it was this. blind. I think Blind Date might have been before this, uh, the comedy yeah, Kim Bassinger. So there was two, and and it was just like this is going to be no way. Everybody was was shitting on this. This came out the same year of uh, sorry, the same summer. That a Schwarzenegger and a uh, Stallone movie were coming out. Yeah. Uh, Rambo 3, I believe. And uh, was it Commando? No, 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 it wasn't Commando. It was, uh, would have been... Red uh, uh, Red Heat. Red Heat. Yeah. So they both came out and everybody was saying Red Heat and Rambo 3, these are going to be... They're going to destroy Die Hard. Don't even worry about Die Hard. It's nothing. It's going to get... And by the end, no one mentioned those movies. No one was talking about about Red yeah, Heat. Yeah, and nobody. And I, mean, Red, I mean, Red Heat and Rambo Three. Nobody's favorite Schwarzenegger. Nobody's favorite. I mean, I'm sure there's somebody. Some yeah, I'm sure there's somebody. There's some six. Some of us. Stallone movie. But um, the the crazy thing though about like watching Die Hard, like I just watched it for this, is just the look and the feel of it. Like, yeah, it came out in '88. It came out in the '80s. Same time as these other movies like Rambo 3 and all that. But it just feels like a different time. It's like... Well, it has a a different feel because McTiernan, I think, he's going for something... I mean, yes, of course, it's a big action movie, but it feels more grounded in reality than most of those movies. Yeah, but it's like, okay, all the action movies that came before this movie, it's like, okay... We're done. We've we've turned the page on those. Now we're starting a whole new thing, and this yeah, is and the I, movie. And I think we do start to see that the year before with with Lethal Weapon comes out one year before. Yeah, this. totally. And so that's already going for in a different direction, right? Yeah, it's a buddy cop thing, but Mel Gibson's character, you could say, is there are some similarities to the McLean character. Oh, absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like, and that's Joel Silver produced movie as well. So we're we're sort of hitting into an, and it makes sense because we're nearing the end of the decade. We've already seen Rambo two and all this shit, right? And Commando. Yeah. 
So now it's time for something that feels a bit different, right? Yeah, um, I, I think not, not enough can be said about how um, like McTiernan and company also changed the entire script of this movie. Uh, on, uh, the, on the fly. On the fly. Yeah. This was supposed to be a much more... This was supposed to be actual terrorists. There's a, yeah. there a lot more, like, I don't know, heady stuff, maybe you want to call it. And it's like, they stripped it all down. And they're like, no. Let's make these, in what in retrospect, are the most brilliant moves possible. And be like, no, let's just have the terrorism be... It just turns out like, they're bank robbers. Yeah. They're, it's basically. A, it's, it's just... A he- it's a heist. Yeah, it's a red herring. Yeah, it's which is a great idea, right? Because you make you make the FBI and the police believe that you're terrorists, and so they. I mean, that's the brilliance of this script, which was you know, not only rewritten um, by Stephen E. D'Souza while they were shooting it, but also obviously McTiernan had a lot to do with where it went and stuff. It's kind of crazy to think about because, like you're saying, John, it's in hindsight brilliant decisions, but they're just doing them on the fly by by feel, right? You're making yeah. a movie and you're going, you know what? We need we need this. We need to change this. This yeah. has to be. We need this guy to be more sarcastic. The we fact need... that Fox let them make this movie is kind of incredible. Yeah, it's kind of insane that they actually did this, and then. We, I feel we could do an entire like five part series on Die Hard with like how incredibly difficult it was to film the movie because of people complaining about the noise. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Like there, there, there's just They're shooting at the Fox building. The Nakatomi Plaza is like the actual Fox headquarters offices that were that they were actually finishing building at the time. Um, there's just so much to talk about. But I guess like we need to find a starting point. Did you have something you want to say, James? When Stephen E. D'Souza was writing the script, like, as they were filming, I don't think enough credit is given to, like, Bruce Willis because he would go to Bruce Willis and, like, hey, what do you think of this? Mm -hmm. And then Bruce Willis would say, oh, actually, you know, I think this or that. Like, he has a lot of uh, that sarcastic sense of humor. And it just plays so well in the movie because it's him, but... He also was involved with making some of those jokes and a little yes, bit of ad lib stuff. For sure. So I, th- I, w- I think he, he has a profound impact on the movie. And that's why I say, you know, you look at that list of the other people that could have been John McClane, and it's so hard to picture any of those people doing this and being this guy. It wouldn't have been this movie, right? It would have been a different yeah. movie. But I think you want to talk about the movie, and I want to say some stuff that I feel is true Bruce Willis. As we talk about it, but why don't we just like get into what the movie is? Yeah, so I mean, we get the opening plane is landing. Uh, I mean, there's just so much brilliant little setup things about telling you who the characters are without overwriting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like we, you know, we learn those little things about John McClane. He doesn't like flying. Just these little personality quirks. Well, I and would stuff. say that when our, we're introduced to John McClane on the airplane. We're not interested in any kind of way. I'm thinking about the beginning of Commando, where Schwarzenegger is chopping wood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. There's none of that, right? He's carrying a tree. There's, there's not like I mean, Rambo. Rambo is a whole other story, but it, it's it's like it's, it's, not, it's, it's not Schwarzenegger. It's not. Sorry. It's unassuming, right? It's because unassuming. It's human. Yeah. It's and just a guy what, flying into town. It's a guy flying into town. Yeah. It's a lot like you were saying with Lethal Weapon. It's a guy waking up hung over in his camper right and this is a guy coming 
to try to maybe sort of resolve some things with his estranged wife. This isn't an action movie from the jump. This is a movie about a guy who has a strained relationship with his wife in quotes. Yeah. And he's trying to repair it. That's at the heart of what the movie actually is. It's not a movie about him, him in any way setting out to do anything. He's not, he's not the, the greatest badass who ever lived. Who's coming to like take on these guys. He's the guy who falls into a situation and then deals with it as it, as as it occurs. And at the end, I'd like to talk about how the, the the following films actually completely, I think destroy the mythology. Well, as it goes on, of course it gets more and more, but it is, it's a, it's an every, it's an everyday man. Like that looked like my uncles. When I think about what John McClane looked like as a kid, he looked like my uncles. He was like, he was a dude who just was like, he had a, a working class job. It's just a New Jersey was, guy who was, was a bartender. Yeah, he was in shape. Yeah. He was like fucking in shape, but not ripped. But just, not ripped. He was just a, mm-hmm. he was like my uncle John. Like that's uncle what he John McLean. That's what that's what he <laughs> yeah. that's what he looked like to me. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't anything that was like foreign or or strange. Like I'd never I've never seen a person like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. But I've seen John That was McClane. the whole appeal of Schwarzenegger and, and these guys were that they were like otherworldly. They were Yeah, but it, but you even see that in in the like fighting, the hand to hand combat, right? No like yeah. nobody's doing karate and roundhouse kicks and Yeah, it's not fancy. You know, it's not fancy. It's just like But there's an intensity to it. Oh, a hundred percent. Which we'll get into as well. But so yeah, he gets to the airport. Immediately, the Michael Kamen score, the ominous Christmas bells, and the title card crashing together. Just that sound. Getting, I'm getting goosebumps right now, thinking about it. <laughs> um, but it's, like we're talking about, unassuming, he's getting a limo ride. He's got the funny limo driver, Argyle. Yeah. Well, he's got Argyle, the fu- yeah. He's got the funny line at the, at the very beginning that makes you like endearing to him, which is he has a story about the simplicity of just like taking your shoes off. Yeah. Taking your socks off and just like rubbing your feet on the carpet. The guy tells him and on the, the plane. Like, yeah. Trust me, I've been doing this for yeah, 11, how many years? Yeah, 11 years. And then John McClane, they see his gun. And you're like, oh, okay, this guy is somebody. And he's like, trust me. He's worried at first. Yeah, because yeah, he sees and his And he's guns. like, I'm a cop. I've been mm-hmm. doing this for 10 years or mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And it just completely changes. Like, it sets it up so much to be, oh, this is just an, a, he's a human that you would see. He's just elevated. Yeah, and we like we see his reactions to stuff like he's you know Argyle's trying to engage him. He's sitting up front in the limousine because he's not yeah. a fancy guy. I do uh, have to say, the '80s, hell of a time. You could just bring your gun on the plane. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess you would have to check it as a cop. I like yeah. that uh, smoke, uh, lighting that cigarette as soon as he got off the. Yeah. Lights a cigarette in the air in the airport. Well, I think I've done. That. I am old enough to have done that pretty much at the Calgary airport. We just walk off the plane and then. Yeah. Cal- like, well, Calgary was a whole other thing. You'd go to the casino and uh, the whole thing was smoking except for one small room was not yeah. smoking a box. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so then he goes to the he gets to the building and he's using the the little machine to find which floor his wife is on yeah which never made sense to me because the 
guy says, oh, the party, they're the only ones left in the building. Well, why didn't you fucking say that in the first? Well, because he's, he's not going to reveal that. <laughs> right, because it's private information or whatever. Because he's yeah. a security guard. Or maybe she's checked out and gone home or whatever. But anyway, he, he's looking for her under his last name, McLean. Oh, you mean Bonnie Bedelia? <laughs> Bonnie, <laughs> Die Hard's Bonnie Bedelia? Oh, is uh, that Die Hard's Bonnie Bedelia? <laughs> is that a Bonham Bedelia vehicle? <laughs> um and of course, then he finds out she's uh, she's not using his name. She's gone back to her maiden name, Gennaro. Uh, and you just see his like his little reactions to things and stuff. Like he's right. just like Christ, like fuck. Yeah. <laughs> um, up to the party, it's like this fancy ass fucking corporate party with this crazy architecture, and uh, the guy kisses him on the cheek. <laughs> he's like fucking California. <laughs> yeah, he's a New York guy. He's like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but it walks that line between. It, between being like tough guy, like conservative. Well, but that's a, that's the brilliance of the way he plays it because it has that element. But then he also kind of smiles at the same time, so it's not like he's like, "God damn it, these fucking fruits." Yeah, he's just like California. Yeah. Like, <laughs> because in a lot of ways, you expect him. Like, I feel yeah, like right. Was, he's like laughing it off. Yeah. Like oh, these people are. Cool. There's something yeah. about like <laughs> Stallone playing that and being like, "Fucking, I'm not gay." <laughs> like, because like, <Right>. <laughs> and this is about the vulnerability, and this is something that I talk about a lot, which is. John McClane is an incredibly vulnerable, uh, like like main character protagonist. Mm-hmm. Whereas nowadays, a lot of time, and it was a throwback to like Schwarzenegger and Stallone, they're they're completely like an island, like nothing can hurt, nothing them. can touch them, or Seagal, where or, it's like yeah. No one is ever going to come close yeah. to fucking with Seagal. John McClane is okay in his own skin. You could see like John. He's Ma- yeah, no, no, he yeah. I think that's true, right? Like he's just like. Oh, okay. Uh, like what? What? This is a different thing for me, but it's not like something that throws him off to the degree where he's like, "I hate this place" or something. He's no, just no. like, "Oh, this is weird." Like, I, I think that there's something really telling in the scene when he walks in and the guy's doing coke, right? And he doesn't make a thing out of it or anything. And he, because I feel like he makes it, a little jab at makes him. Makes a jab at him, and then missed some. But I, I feel like if it was a Stallone movie. For instance, let's just use Stallone as like, our whipping. Why boy. are you putting that away? No, it's, Stallone would <laughs> Stallone would pull out his badge, right? And yeah, be right. like, "Hey, yeah. hey, you hey, know, what you doing? That hey, stuff? Hey. Hey. Oh yeah, I like to ski too. I just like to have a pair of skis when I'm doing it. Hey, I got a nose too. Hey, you know, I don't see a lot of snow around here, but I mean, I see a lot of snow on your nose. <laughs> um. But yeah, so we meet Ellis. We meet Mr. Takagi. Uh, Ellis is fan fucking tastic. Oh, he's Hart, perfect. Hart Bachner. Um, so yeah, the whole thing, and you get all the little dynamics again. It's the writing here where it's just like the little dynamics of what's going on. Where his wife is a big deal in this company. He sees her name on the de- on the door. Uh, they're telling him about how great she is at the job. And Ellis is doing the, like, oh, show him the watch. It's a Rolex. It's just a little gift, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to show him appreciation. Oh, I, I, like, I like how he does that. Because... And he's hitting on her before that, trying to get him to her to agree with him to go to. Well, some, he's trying to, to fuck, fuck her, her at that at the party. Mm-hmm. But I like how he like implies that like he is the one that's giving her like it's not his money. Right, yeah, the company. It's a company. It's the, gift. Co- it's the company gift. Yeah, and I like how B- Bonnie Bedelia uh, is like. He, uh, McLean's like, oh, he's got his eye on you, and she's like, I got his, I got my eye on his private bathroom. Private yeah. bathroom. Yeah. 
it's I, it's so good. I'm like, why isn't this winning the Oscar? <laughs> Uh, and you and you know then they have their like a little argument that they they start getting back into like the problems that, that are at the crux of their marriage, and they're just little moments. It's not like um, you know, like I said, it's not overwritten stuff. It's just enough there and with the performances that you understand what's happening. You understand the dynamics, right? Like, that argument that they have. I mean, he brings up the why did you go back to your name, maiden name, or whatever mm-hmm. he said there. It's just, it's so petty, and, like, he recognizes that it's so petty. Yeah, once she leaves, once he she starts, leaves he's, he's like, his head what on are you wall. doing? Now, apparently they shot that scene later, uh, as, like, because we're talking about they were changing things on the fly, and it was, like, apparently halfway through shooting that, you know, that McLean, like, Bruce Willis and John McTiernan realized who John McClane really was. And so they're like, okay, we got to go back and shoot that where he like, he hits his head on the wall to like show that like, sometimes it's hard for me to comprehend how a movie gets put together. Oh, I know. I, I, for this movie specifically, all of the movies that we, I mean, there's this movie and I think there's Mad Max. It's just, I, I fail to understand the brilliance that some of these people have say what you want about Bruce Willis or McTiernan or anything like that like for what else what everything else that they've done well it's it just, is, there's a there's a perfection that like that came up in this in the moment that I think is unrivaled yeah. where everything it's just, just one of those things where everything came together everything, right? the way it, it was happened. supposed to <laughs> it, it, it's it's just perfect um and then not long after that of course our, our quote-unquote terrorists arrive. Um, yeah. We get the great moment when they come in uh, and Alexander Goodenough, Carl, uh, and Theo, they are coming in and they're talking about the basketball game so they just seem like a couple of regular guys and just walk right up and shoot the security guard. And these guys are on the move, right? They're organized. Right away, their guy comes and takes the place of the security guard so he can pretend to be the new, the new guy. So I think Theo is the unsung hero of this film. Theo is great. Uh, Clarence he, Gilliard Jr. When he, he he's talking, he's running that scene. Like, he's mm-hmm. just like... All the focus on him. He's talking. He's telling a story. And you're over the AC, story. then back to magic, right? Boom. <laughs> yeah. And then the way he jumps over... And this is like how simplistic things can be and so impactful when he when he leaps the counter and kicks the guy in the chest yeah the dead guy yeah it's just so perfect you're like holy fuck it's all so like smooth it's like jumping a turnstile at the subway like that's kind of how he jumped have you ever seen a guy like jump a uh uh like like jump a fence and you're like oh my god like that was the coolest fucking thing i've ever seen like like something so simple but it's like, wow, that was perfect. And it's the way he does things. It's just like, oh, this guy can do anything. Yeah. And then we've got Carl go around the corner and he throws his little light bomb, whatever, like mm-hmm. yeah. puck thing. So that, they set that up there so that he can use it later too, right? Um, right. And then they, they take out the other security guy. That's a great, like, that's also a great scene though. When you see it in it, like the way, like the camera is like super low and it's like, and it like kind of skips across the ground and then it like settles. It's just perfect. Yeah. And it's like, a f- I don't know. I don't know what you call it. What would you call that? It's like a flash bomb it's or something. Fla- it's a flash yeah. bomb. It's a flashbang. Yeah. 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 And then uh, take him out. And meanwhile, Theo is like dealing with all the computer shit, the gates and closing everything. By down. the way, 
what percentage of the dialogue of this movie do you know by heart? Uh, well, there was a time where I could quote it from beginning to end. I, d- I doubt I could do that now, but there was a time where you could put it on and I could say every single line with it and the, the little noises under the breath and the musical cues and everything. <laughs> <laughs> You're a sick fuck, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I doubt I could do that now, but uh, it's it's pretty, it's pretty close. <laughs> um, so then... They're coming up the elevator. They cut the phone lines. We see the brothers. They have their little spat kind of thing. Yeah. Carl and... Uh, oh, yeah. He's trying to connect the who's telephone the, line. Who's the other fucking guy? I can't think of his name now off the top of my head. I can't even find it. In Carl? The, Marco. No, Eddie, Carl, Uli, Carl is a... We have to tell Alexander, Carl his brother Tony, is dead. Franco. It might be Alexander. Elis. Ellis. Thornburg. What the fuck? Seriously, we're getting caught up on this? No, I know. It just bugged me that I can't think of his name. But anyway. Um, so, yeah, we see the little dynamics between those brothers. And then phone lines are cut. Meanwhile, we, oh, we had was, seen John McClane talking was, to Argyle on sorry, the phone. Sorry, you're talking about the scene when when the one brother is trying to, He's like, trying to do the little phone th- wire thing. And the other brother's, he's, like, crazy. And he's, like, sighing. And he's, like, sighing. Oh, it's so fun. <laughs> it's so fun. I love it. I love the dynamic of, like... Yeah, and he's, like, frantically trying to I feel like close James, it off or whatever. I feel like before. that would be, like, James would be the one that's, like, tr- for, for us. James is trying to, like, close he's doing the, the tech. Off, he's doing the technical and work. And I'm, like, woo! It's <laughs> <laughs> like, cutting everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Except for we would have died. <laughs> right. Um... And yeah, so John McClane is talking to Argyle and like he's being like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see if I can hang here and see what happens. Argyle, we, we forgot to mention, he's parked himself in the basement because yeah. he's like the coolest limo driver ever. And he's like, hey, you know, let me know. Call me on the car phone. Let me know how it goes and I'll wait for you for a little bit. See if you need a ride well, to go somewhere I, else. I think that we should actually talk about the Argyle scene when he gets in the car. Um, we jump back for a second. Where, when it, it This is another humanizing moment where... Argyle is like in a lot of ways the exact opposite of McLean. Mm-hmm. Like he he's brash and he talks a lot and he like has no filter and he has no boundaries and McLean's like right he's pressing him pre- on private and he's stuff. like oh, what are we talking about oh why she leave you it sounds like she <laughs> left you like you know like so and yeah. he but but McLean is like he's like why did, why didn't you come he's like oh because I'm a New York cop with a six month backlog of scumbags yeah. I got to put behind bars. Yeah. I can't just pick up and leave. And he's like, in other words, you thought she wasn't going to make it out here. <laughs> so yeah, and it's like, like come crawling back to you. So why bother to pack? Right. But you're, so, you're pretty quick Argyle or something like yeah. that. <laughs> but I love that because he, it's not a tough guy thing where he always has to like be the, in charge of the room. He's like, well, no, he's got a good fucking point. <laughs> like, it, I don't know. It's just this, the humanizing, I think, is what you said earlier. Is It's the little details that make everything play. Like, the, everything just works so well. And it pays off so much later when physically he things happen to him in mm-hmm. a way that I had never seen other than, other than in Levy and Lethal Weapon. Um, but, yeah, like, I love that Argyle scene. When he, when he sits in the front and they have a conversation because they're really having a conversation at that point, which you don't really get to see in a lot of action movies. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like a, a light thing, right? Because that's the other thing is that we do have this mo- these moments of the setup um, for, you know, 10 or 15 minutes before we get into the. Well, it's all the, the character the development, plot. right? Like yeah. it's But it's subtle. Yeah. It's not it's not overdone. It's just. It's just enough there. We get a feel for all these people, and then the shit kicks off, right? Um, 
the terrorists come up out of the elevator. They're taking over the room. They're shooting. McLean is in the back, that can back I, room. Can I say that? I, there's a, I know this is probably like nothing to people who actually drive trucks, but I love it when they're backing the truck up to like the delivery area and the truck's backing up as the uh, the, the loading right, is going thing down. is going down. And I'm like, that's fucking cool. <laughs> Everything's efficient. I'm right? pretty like sure we that's about not how those gates work. Yeah, probably it, not. It isn't. You have I, to be standing there. Yeah, you do. Because I, I moved like, I was like, this is stupid. For, Fuck this movie. For one, <laughs> one star. One star. So for work, I, uh, due to situations and like moving and stuff like that, I drove a truck like that, mm-hmm. f- like multiple times, like when we were when we were moving locations. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you have to actually be on the side and you're like staying on yeah. the ground doing it. But it looked cool as fuck. It does look cool. <laughs> And it's, I love how it's they just, just more of that fluid thing, like efficiency, and, like everything is just and the way they're they, on the go. Yeah, they're, and the way they happening. walk out, they walk out perfectly. Yeah, they and walk we, out perfectly. we see Hans for the first Hot time. Booby, he looks amazing. <laughs> Alan Rickman's first film role. Uh, Could you? He was acting. Joel Silver and I forget who the other producer. They they saw him, or maybe it was McTiernan. They saw a play with Alan Rickman. And they're like. He's he's our guy. Really, that's insane. But but that just I think that goes to show how incredibly talented he was. Yeah, and I he know, almost he almost like, didn't want to do it because he's like, oh, I don't want to do an action movie because he's like an actor, right? Like he's yeah. like a he's an actor. actor. He's a, he's a stage actor. He's a thespian. Uh, and so he had like just come to Hollywood, and there and there he's like, I don't know. Hmm. And then goes ahead and just you know. Does like the best villain performance yeah. of any movie? Uh, yeah, like we've never done a top five villains, but holy fuck! Yeah, I mean there are, there are definitely other ones that would have to be in the conversation, but man, is it so good? Uh, he's just he's just, just fucking so perfect, smooth. Yeah, he's he's ruthless without being over the top. He's not screaming at people. He is like in control. He's the He's smartest in guy control in the room. all the way to the end. To the end, yeah. And then towards the end, he starts he to starts like getting frantic. Yeah, and he starts to lose control. And and just how the movie progresses from there, like it it's amazing how it's put together, how controlled he is and how quickly he loses control. Right. Because even as, you know, they're they're being challenged by this guy through the movie. He keeps fucking up their plans throughout. And Hans never loses it. Like, no. like Carl loses it, uh, other guys and stuff. Yeah. But he's like, no, like, this is what we're going to do. So trust the process. Yeah. Like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. We're going to get our, sing- our shit back. Like, he's never loses it until the end, right? Yeah. I, I would say, like, he's never, for the most part, cruel. Which is something that we often see in movies where when the bad guys push to a certain limit, he becomes like very cruel. Yes. Um, and but we like also cart- know that he fucking means business because we get the Takagi scene, right? We, I, I think that we and I think that there's a there is a there's something that's very scary about somebody who can be that intimidating and ruthless without being cruel. Yeah, without without seeming over the top too, because a lot yeah. of times, and look, there are fun villain performances where someone's oh, going way over the top, absolutely, and chewing the scenery and stuff. But this just feels f- far more like lethal in a way, or like in- intimidating. Well, and you, and you have like polar opposites, right? So you have uh, Hans, who's like super controlled, has a plan, everything. Where John McClane is, he goes from 
bad decision, good decision, bad decision, good decision, like back and forth the whole fucking movie. Hans is stands yeah, crazy. Hans, Hans, Hans is a is a is a sixty minute tight stand up, and John McClane <laughs> is a loosey goosey improv. Yes, and um, so once they've taken control of the room. Uh, we see that couple that are having sex in the other office get dragged yeah. out. And McLean takes that minute when they have turned to like joke about that. Those guys are talking in German and joke, making some joke. He uses that minute to sort of escape and go up the fire uh, exit stairs. With right? no shoes or socks. With no shoes. And he's in his, uh, his tank top. Um, his tank top. Whatever you want to call <laughs> his it. Wife Peter. Peter. His wife, Peter. Um, <laughs> it's just a terrible name for a shirt. Uh, I didn't make it. <laughs> I think that's what they're. That's what's on the tag. That's that's what's on the tag. I'm not that's joking. The brand. That that's was the brand. that was like a thing. I remember being when I was in high school. They were well. They, what do you you refer to it as? An undershirt. It's an undershirt. It's an undershirt. I've never heard anyone say. No, no one says un- it. No one says it. I think it's just. I think this is a much larger problem that we shouldn't delve into right now. <laughs> Let's not get caught up on. We that. accept that. Wife beaters wear those shirts. We accept that wife beaters, <laughs> beaters is a very inappropriate it's the preferred name. nomenclature. Uh, so yeah, he's escaped. But then we so we get Hans and they take Mr. They find Mr. Takagi, and they take him up to the boardroom to have this meeting. They want this password for the computer, right? Um, and this is where we learn, like, oh, they're not here on a on a regular terrorist political agenda type yeah, of. What kind of terrorists are you? Amazing. Who said we were terrorists? Um, but this scene is so good and Takagi is like sweating and like, they're like, he's like, you can't, you know, like if I give you the one password, it doesn't matter. There's like, you got to go through seven more things and I don't have those. And so it doesn't, it's not any good to you. And they're like, well then there's no reason not to give it to us. Like <laughs> it's so mathematical. Yeah. It's and meanwhile, so- Carl and Theo, they've had a wager about whether or not Takagi is going to give it up. <laughs> <laughs> in the background, ah. <laughs> which apparently also, um, I guess Alexander Goodenough like came up with that bit for them to do really? in the background. Yeah, that they. It's amazing they just let all of this like. Well, if somebody's uh, got a good idea, then you fucking use yeah, it. Yeah, right? it's just like clicking. But it's, I agree with that. It's like that's that, what like, film is at its best, right? Is when it's the collaborative process. Well, um, film is business, and we've all been. We're I, all involved in business of one way, or sort of another. And the number of times that the people at the top who make decisions let people with good decisions... Yeah, no, that's true. ...say, like, actually do what they want is so fucking rare. That's true. Let alone... I mean, a- M- McTiernan, you know, maybe he had some swing at this point a little bit because he did Predator the year before this. And Predator, I mean, that's another one we do have to redo because we were scandalously low on that. We still, we, we all liked it, but... I mean, re- I rewatched it a few times since then, and it's it is close to perfect. Right. <laughs> um, and that was another movie where, yeah, you had Schwarzenegger and and all these tough guys together, but McTiernan was flipping that on its head and being like, okay, these we know these guys as invincible tough guys, but what if there was something that was like could scare them and make them look like the weak ones or whatever? Right. right? So it's sort of the sort of in the same vein in a sense right yeah um, I, i'm sure these scenes are shot in like we're gonna shoot it to the script yeah then we're gonna shoot but then it somebody with, says hey what if we do this yeah i mean i i saw an interview where they were talking about uh thor where he fights hulk yeah on that planet i don't know what that yeah that weird uh, place yeah. they go yeah. mars 
<laughs> I don't think it's Mars. But anyways, there was a kid. <laughs> there was a kid on set that day. Okay. And uh, they say some, he says some line. Um, and then the kid says, oh, you should say, oh, it's a friend from work. Like about <laughs> Hulk, right? And he says that line, and that's in the movie, and that's just from a kid that was on set. Yeah, if that's true or not, it doesn't make it doesn't make a difference. That's a that's that was the line in the trailer. Yeah, that was like mm. the but like that was the huge punch. That was like the right. the thing that really was like wow. Yeah, this movie's gonna rule. Yeah. <laughs> um, where are we at? Oh yeah, so the so the Takagi he does he won't give the password blam we see his brains get blown out which had to be one of the goriest things i'd seen at that point in my life when i saw this in the theater your, your dad um, had you in the back and was like <laughs> how much did they show in that because i know when they shoot uh what's his name ellis later they don't actually show it but they then they blur it. they uh, they see the blood and you see the blood mm-hmm. um yeah i don't know if that was like a a thing to try to get the MPA in line or what, but um, I mean, they, you em. see Takagi's brains get blown out like all over the right. window, right? Um, oh yeah, all over the window. And so McLean right. is out there and he's listening to this conversation, and, like, <gasps> and he like, oh, he like stumbles back, and they hear him, and they come running out, and he's just just managed to like get behind a door and unlock it. So they're just like, okay, I guess we just are hearing shit or whatever. But um, and we see that we kind of get the geography, which is another brilliant thing about the way the movie's done where we see McLean going through these hallways and into these elevator shafts and these unfinished floors and stuff. So we get an idea of the layout so that when things happen, like we kind of have a sense of where everything is in the building. Like we know there's the, the party floor and we know that there's like this, you know, he comes up to that elevator shaft and he sees like the centerfold on the wall and like mm-hmm. um, he's kind of figuring out the layout of stuff as he's navigating everything. But um that was smart putting the centerfold on there. Yeah, then it's like a point for a, him to know where he is. It's a quick reference later. <laughs> so this is another thing. Going, is it, are you talking about the nude girl? Yeah. yeah. yeah going, it's like, sexy lady. <laughs> sexy lady. You're like, He's like, you're like uh. <laughs> oh, he, he, he just mentioned multiple times like, oh, sec- like, oh this is the sexy lady part. Like, he... This is the sexy lady. Part. I was like, oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know how to. T- <sighs> You're like, uh, ma. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just doing the best I can. Don't worry, it's um, coming. Can I get a sexy lady from? Can my I room? get a sexy lady poster? And I'll be like, okay, but she can't be <laughs> she that can't, sexy. <laughs> she can't be naked. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you put a nude. I. D- Side story. Oh Did boy. you have friends who had um, like posters of, of like girls in their bedrooms when you were like a kid? Um, maybe some like I don't know Cindy Crawford or some shit like that. Did you? James? I I had friends. Yeah, that had like full. Were they nude? not nude though? They could, had, They I, weren't allowed to be nude. No, I had, yeah, no, I didn't. Have I had friends nude. that like I uh, that I was not. How do I put this? Claudia Schiffer. I went back and visited when I was like in Ontario, like mm. to go back and like see it. Yeah. And I was like shocked at like how sexy the ladies were <laughs> on their wall. And I was like, I have never seen this, this on a child's wall before. Um, my wife, Jean, she had some cousins when she was growing up that apparently they'd go over to their house and their, the boys would have 
full on like porn pictures like on their walls really? of their bedroom and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so is that normal? I don't think well, so. Well, I don't know. So so my wife's uncle would bring home like this is in Alberta. They'd bring home like magnets and posters and give them to like his kids. <laughs> and and really? it would just be like on the fridge, the magnets would just be on the fridge like, like it was naked no, women. Yeah, naked women. Well, I mean, it was the kind of thing like when I was growing up, like, you know, my dad was a truck driver. So if I went down to the shop with him or whatever. Right, right. You'd see always, it on the wall. Always in the garage. I remember naked, there were naked women on the Our walls. Uncle William had like, like, uh, you know, like those like posters or what, like calendars or whatever in right. his garage. Yeah. But that wasn't something that was in the house. Right. And that was not in a child. Keep your your smut separate. But I don't. I I, I never had any friends that I was like close with that had like that on their wall. I mean, God love them if they had. God love them. But it just wasn't a thing that I was used to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of my high school friends had posters on their wall. I had not nudes. I had an idle hands poster. (laughs) Right. I had Jesus. James had James had you know how there there was like the the uh, the Bo Jackson poster that was like life size yeah. and like you could stand beside it. He, James had that of Jesus. Right. I actually had a painting of Jesus hugging me from behind, like <laughs> over my shoulders. Oh, oh that's, nice. that's so cute. Yeah, um, a real Ben Carson kind of <laughs> painting. So uh, <laughs> Ben Carson. So so after McLean has gone up, he's back on one of those floors, and he's like. He's like, what the fuck? I got to think of an idea. Like, he looks across. He sees this woman on the phone in another building. So he knows that, like, you know, th- it's just this building that's cut off, right? And he's thinking, like, how... Oh, that's uh, why he, like... I, I saw that he looked, and I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, is he going to try and get her attention or something? Or? <laughs> no, I think it's just meant to show that, like, okay, the phone lines are working, right, like, right next door in this apartment building. But, um... But then he thinks, oh, the fire alarm, right? Like we see him look at the fire alarm right. and then that's pulled. And the security, the fake security guys, we got a fire alarm and blah, blah, blah. We got a fire alarm. <laughs> He's like a Texas yeah. guy or something. Yeah. Um, and so McLean, is, he sees the fire trucks coming. Yeah. He's all stoked. And, and then they turn around. What are you doing? Like they call it off and say it's a yeah. false alarm. Uh, he's like, no, turn the fucking truck around. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they send someone to... Who's hey? The fire alarm went off. I mean, Hans is like, hey, what what floor did that alarm go off on? And they send uh, they send the guy Carl's brother, which I'm so to- oh, it's Tony, I believe, yeah, Tony. Uh, fucking and Tony. They Anthony. send him up, and I love this part. He comes in, the score. You've got the the light sort of. It's ominous, but it's like setting up, and I love that he's just like, the fire has been called off, my friend. No one is coming to help you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like come join the others yeah he's like i promise i won't hurt you he says right after he cocks his machine you hear it he like pulls the slide and it's like uh i did i love that i laughed out loud when it happened because yeah. it's like this guy's the most menacing motherfucker in the like, so far in the movie and it's just like yeah john mcclain's gonna walk out and be like oh i guess i'm done i guess i'm cooked 
Um, and then we hear, you know, he shoots behind that container, but no, McLean's not there. And then or it's a stack of like two by fours or whatever it is. Um, and then we hear the, the saw going. And so he like runs to check and like there's the skill saws just like petering out. And mm-hmm. then McLean has, you know, pulled him in with a lure and uh, they get in that hand, that hand to hand fight. And it's just right here already, you know, like everything feels like it costs him something like he gets in this fight. It's not just a thing where he has a cool takedown and breaks this guy's neck. It's like it's a real fight. This very first fight that he's in. Yeah. Is, um, that your- is, a, is like a, a, is a extremely exertion like he has to go through all this exertion and even, even then when he kills the guy it's by accident that they just happen to fall down the stairs in a certain way and he lives through it is that is that your thing like it cost him something did you come up with that oh i don't know yeah oh because I, I, I think that is probably the m- most amazing way of describing this movie and actually it kind of sums up why this movie is so great and how it changed everything because just this first fight is an extreme challenge for him yeah, and to what, get through. And what I mean is, is that we talk about other action movies and like and Schwarzenegger and Stallone, like um, it, nothing costs them anything, right? Like there's even if they get shot, they're fine. They're right? fine. But like <laughs> yeah. I, I love the way you put that. Like that's I think that's the the most succinct way I've ever heard it. Is that it's not just that he has an un. He, he he doesn't have an un uh, uh, what's the word like there's not there's not a well of of violence and of pain and of like tolerance that he has that's just like is is always right. he's being not, filled like he's cool but he's not like some superhero guy like he goes through this fight he has a snappy line for the guy but then they're going through they're they're fighting through these this framing and stuff yeah. they fall down the stairs and Tony's neck gets broken um. And right away, like we, he's drenched in sweat. He's yeah. got cuts now on his elbows and his arms from, yeah, from going through that stuff. Fighting for survival every and, time. And that's the other thing is the continuity of the makeup and the and the costuming and all that stuff. Where, as the movie progresses, we see him get more and more yeah. beaten down. I, yeah. And we, you know, this cut happened on his arm, and so then for the rest of the movie, he's got these cuts and this blood and this. These I, I just love that. I love the fact of the way you put that, where it's like this cost him something. Like there is a tax on what he's doing. Like his body is falling apart. He's not just fine. He's emotionally he gets, falling he, apart. Well, that, yeah, but he also like you know he's not just fine after this. He gets up and he he's like holy like holy shit like I just survived some crazy. Thing like a, and we all relate to that because we're like, okay, if somehow this kind of thing ever happened to us, if we somehow had to fight, like yeah. it would be a thing where it's like, okay, I just managed to barely get through this. Like I'm fucking tired. Yeah, exactly. He's exhausted. Right? That's why I think it's smart. Uh, at the end, when Holly finally sees him, right? She's, she's like, like John. She's like, like Jesus Christ. Holy and. It kind of resets it for the viewer because you're you, used you, to it. You're used to it, <laughs> yeah, right? You've been watching it the whole but time. But it resets it, and you're like, "Holy fuck!" She like, hasn't this seen guy him. Has, she hasn't seen him since yeah. the beginning when he was just perfectly fine. Like, That's he's a, gone through so much, and I didn't think about that. That's that's a really really great point. Yeah, of like just showing how brilliant this film is, but like also like subconsciously, I guess I saw that. But like for you to point it out, James, and be like. It, it, it's kind of like eye-opening and being like, oh, I kind of like this movie even, even more. more. <laughs> even more. Like, this is a movie in, where, and we talk about this a lot, and there, this is a phenomenon, I don't know if there's a word for it, but where you do like something more when you talk about it 
with people. Oh, sure, yeah. Because we've also gone the other way. Even even no holds barred, I liked more when we were talking about it. <laughs> but like, it, it some, just, some I mean, this movies, movies almost are as, this movie's almost as yeah. Good but as some no movies are only good when you talk about them. It's true. <laughs> okay, we need, to, we need to come up with verbiage for this. <laughs> but yeah, I, that those are two really really great insights from both of you that like are. Wow, I'm kind of like changing the way I even think now about the film. Well, and okay, and so right away, this is the other thing is that M- McLean, it's like a battle of wits. Even though yes, we have all these action sequences and shootouts and explosions, McLean starts playing a game of wits with Hans right away. Like he's gonna fuck with these terrorists. He's gonna send the body of Tony down the elevator with Holy a message shit. written on the chest. Okay, by the way. Let's just talk about that. Like, that is so fucked up. <laughs> what he did there, if you think about that, that's some serious... Well, he's trying to get in their heads, but right? But that's serial killer shit, man. <laughs> that's fucked up what he did. He's like, hey, remember your friend? Ho, ho, bitch. Well, how's he going to scare these guys, right? This is a way to scare them. You send their guy down. At the same time, it's just like, that's well, not a smart move. Oh, it is a smart move, though, because he's not just doing it to get their attention. He's doing it because... As we learn, he's sitting on top of the fucking elevator, listening to them talk, and he is taking notes down yeah, on right, his no, arm no. about their names, how many guys okay. there are. He's too like, clever to be a cop. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, uh. So yeah. So he, you know, we get the now I have a machine gun. Ho ho ho! Like yeah, the yeah. classic, uh, the classic bit. But man, when he first is like, oh. 8 million terrorists whatever the number is he says 8 million terrorists in the world and I gotta I'm sure there isn't 8 million but he says yeah. and I gotta kill one with feet smaller than my sister yeah. because he can't fit the guy's shoes on <laughs> so that means he's gotta stay barefoot um, and I just love the little musical cue here he looks and he sees the little Santa thing and this is when he gets the idea to do this yeah. message um, and there's this like these little Christmas bell sound right here at this moment that I don't know something about it just I don't know. It just works so well. Um, he writes the message, and I mean, then... I I love I love the message. I love. I mean, that's so iconic. I mean, there's so many iconic things in this mm-hmm. movie. Um, I mean, that's that's like another meme. I've seen shirts where it's oh says yeah, people just have that. They, they have that on it. the shirt. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant in the sense of like. For the movie, mm-hmm. I just don't know if it's brilliant in the sense of like, if this was real, <laughs> right? So, yes, obviously it's a movie. So yeah, it has it's to a be movie. entertaining. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe that wouldn't be the best move if you were a real guy fighting these guys and you were hiding, but they're gonna know that the guy doesn't come back. Oh, <laughs> so oh it's yeah, be like, yeah, what yeah. The fuck's going on? Well, and the nice thing about this is, so then you get Carl who like. Right, he throws Carl off, right? Because now Carl is white hot, pissed. The whole yeah, he's emotional for the rest of the movie. Yeah, right? exactly. Um, but yeah, so then he's got the names he's writing down. We see him take that elevator ride up, and then like he's kind of thinking about whatever, and then he realizes at the last second he's about to like hit the ceiling, and he like has to duck down. Yeah, <laughs> that's oh, very um, speed. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, well, okay. So director of photography oh. on this movie is Jan de Bont who directed speed and said he got some of those ideas like while he was shooting this with the elevator stuff. It's the same, uh, mission impossible. Yeah. Right. The first one. Yeah. 
the elevator, the elevator scene thing, except where, that there Emilio Estevez gets like stabbed in the yeah, head. Yeah, he gets stabbed in the head. Right. Um, so yeah, so Jan de Bont was the, was the camera guy on this and then he went and made speed afterwards. So obviously right. he took some serious inspiration. Yeah, definitely. There's no montages in this movie. No montages. Which I didn't, oh, I never didn't, thought of that before. Yeah. I didn't think about it until we started talking. There's no McLean's like building an arsenal of strapping weapons to himself. Yeah. Which scene. is, which is another thing that's different and kind of like, because even in Lethal Weapon, there's montages. You know what? There's the Trapped in Paradise. No, there's no. montages. Shut up. I know there is. <laughs> there is. We're talking about perfect movies, right? With yeah. no montages? <laughs> okay, we've got Biodome. That is the topic. <laughs> Biodome, yeah. Um, yeah, so after he's got that info, he's back up. Uh, Carl finds out yeah. his fucking brother is yeah, dead. he's losing it. We have to tell Carl his brother is dead. <laughs> we haven't even talked about uh, and Hart Reginald Bachner. Val Johnson yet. Well, we're, we haven't quite got there yet. Holy shit. I know. Is this it a two-parter? <laughs> this might be. <laughs> it might be a two-parter. So Ellis uh, and is talking to, to Holly, and he's like, what the fuck's going on? Because he sees these guys yelling at each other in the office, and he's like, think the cops are involved? And she's like, no, it's John. And he's like, whoa, he's going to fuck this whole thing yeah. up. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's pissed or whatever. And, and, you know, plays all into the whole Ellis personality and stuff. Um, and so w- I'm just trying to think where we're at. Oh, so, yeah, after he does that, then, you know, we he's like, OK, well, they didn't fucking they didn't send anyone. He takes the radio that he got off of Tony's body. Right. And he goes up to the roof to call the cops. And he's like. He's like, hey, terrorists have taken over the Nakatomi building. Yeah. There's, the, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is the situation. Excuse me, sir. This is for emergency. <laughs> no fucking shit, lady. Does it sound like I'm ordering a pizza? pizza? Classic. I, lo- <laughs> I love the tone of his voice, too. Because well, he's, he's so exasperated, right? No, but it's like the way he talks and the tone of his voice uh, fits in with the regular everyday kind yeah. of. Yeah. Working Joe kind of guy. Yeah, kind of guy. So this works. You, you don't hear. Like Stallone or Van Damme or whoever, like they would talk differently. Mm-hmm. Seagal would be like, "This is Seagal." <laughs> so for do the what in- I tell you. So for the do for, what I tell you. <laughs> for when the Wall Street Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Washington Post, wasn't it? Whatever. No. Whenever that newspaper was going to call us and talk about it, uh-huh. um, I Wall thought Street Journal. I thought a lot about how to talk about Bruce Willis. Mm. And a lot of it, uh, I thought long and hard about like how to discuss him as an action hero. And then I thought about his other roles that he had played. And I don't think there is an action guy who has been able to cross over as many lines as Bruce Willis. He's funny. He's charming. He can do drama. He can do, he might be the greatest action actor of all time i mean he was he certainly was my favorite i mean after after die hard i went to see so many fucking bruce willis movies in the theater even ones that were as like billy bathgate he dies in like the opening scene i went to see it because bruce willis was in it but like fucking arnold schwarzenegger is not in a wes anderson movie right you know I, I, mean? I just think it's really hard to pick one yeah it, it is, is. Like, hard to pick one but what i mean is, is they're that, completely 
like There's a Schwarzenegger film is completely different. I, I think that what I was trying to get at is, is that part of the reason that this works so well is because he's an, I don't see him as an action first guy. Right. He's coming right. from already a comedy yeah, he's comedy coming show from comedy, to shoot this, but there's so much more to him. So he's like a Dwayne Johnson guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dwayne Johnson crossover. Bruce Willis, I think wrestler, could, movie star. I think Bruce Willis was the closest, like, of these type of action heroes that Vin could Diesel. have won an Oscar, given the right role. The Rock is never winning an Oscar. Probably not. Okay, like, like well, the I Oscars guess, are shit anyway. I, I, I'm so. using that as a just like a, a for a claim, mm. but like Bruce Willis brings something different. Yeah, for sure. But let's. Let, I want to. I want to jump ahead a little bit just because we're we're getting stuck a little bit here. But like, so we get introduced to a couple of the great side characters right away now because he's gone up. He's made the radio call. Carl and a couple of the other guys go up to fucking deal with him on the roof. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, Reginald Val Johnson, he's gets the call. He's going to get sent over to the building to like, check it out. Okay. We've had another call. They, they hear the gunfire on the call because they're shooting at him. They're like, fine. See if there's a black and white can do a drive by. And Al Powell is picking up his Twinkies and he gets sent over to check it out. The first wife. Yeah. <laughs> She's pregnant. Sure. She's right. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. See, but I, again, it's just like he's an imperfect character. Yeah. Um, and so he, he gets there. He's checking it out. We see, uh, meanwhile, McLean is like, he's looking through this window of the boardroom. And he's like, well, what the fuck? Who's driving this car? Stevie Wonder? Because he's driving around so slow and stuff. And well, then Stevie Wonder can actually see. Yeah, he's not blind, actually. <laughs> Stevie Wonder's not blind. And action, action stands behind that. Look okay. it up. All right. Do your own research. Yeah. Um, and then, we you know, we see him deal with the security guy. And the security guy's like, oh, yeah, whatever. Blah, blah. Like, he's acting really well about, like, you know, yeah, go ahead. Check out the building. Uh, we see the shot where he's about to go down the hallway. And there's a guy waiting around the corner for him with a gun in case he comes, tries to come into the building. But he turns around and just leaves because he's like, oh, fuck it. It's Christmas Eve. Nothing's going on here. Yeah. It's another false alarm. Um, the, I've, on VHS, for years, I f- didn't know that part was there because the way the, the, the not widescreen version cut that part off of the movie. You couldn't see the oh. guy standing there with a gun. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um, so then, yeah, so he's leaving and J- McLean's like, oh, what the fuck? And he's like, so he smashes that window out. Uh, those guys come, the musical cues here are fucking awesome when those guys come in with just like, just like, like, it's just like so intense. He blows the one guy away and then the other guy's on the table, like shooting at him and he's, he's crawling away. And then the guy's like, next time you have the chance to kill someone, don't hesitate. And then he, he's like blasts the guy through through the table. Yeah. Thanks for the advice. Uh, apparently Bruce Willis permanently damaged his hearing shooting that scene. Yeah, actually, I read a, I read a lot about that, and it was not cool in any way. Like he was permanently for the rest of his life. Like, yeah, fucked his, up. One of his ears was the hearing. One of his ears was fucked for the rest of his life from that. Uh, I, I don't know if that's a thanks for your sacrifice. I mean, Bruce. we appreciate it, but like for him, I'm like, oh fuck, man, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but man, yeah, just. Just crazy intense action stuff. It's really fun. And then he's like, how am I going to get this guy's attention? And of course, he throws, throws the, guy's the body, body out. Once on the hood of the car. Now, here's something to this day. I'm not sure about this. 
he throws the body on and Powell starts like backing up like crazy and someone is shooting the roof of the cop car. Is it meant to be Bruce Willis that's shooting? No. Okay. So I, I, when I was young, I always thought it was Bruce Willis that was shooting his car just so that he would be like, oh, there are terrorists in the building. No, because there was another guy set up already. Yes, right. It shows that other guy set up. Yeah. And, and I'm pretty sure guy. it's a different gun that is shooting than what Bruce I Willis I never is thought it was Bruce Willis. I agree with James. I think I was always confused about that. I always thought went for the longest time well, that it was him I mean, shooting. Because then it cuts the way that you're it's edited. You're a bit edited. dim, Dustin. <laughs> it's true. The way that it's edited, it cuts and he's like, welcome to the party, pal. And he's got the machine gun in his hands. But he's not the one that's actually shooting. Looking for him. the finger, dude. <laughs> I, I don't know. After way after I was uh, watching Way of the Gun, like fucking twenty one years ago, mm. I always watched for fingers <laughs> on 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 guns. Yeah, well, it's also a different gun that we see. It firing. is, but I'm saying like you always I watch the finger. If the finger is like on the side of the gun, then they're not meaning to shoot. Right. <laughs> um. And so now we see William Atherton for the first time, Richard Thornburg, the reporter. Yes. He hears this go out over the police scanner. They're over what at Nakatomi a- Plaza turning my car into Swiss cheese. What a piece of shit. Uh, yeah, he's great. He's so fucking I love this interjection, great. though, of a second villain. Yeah, he's another villain. Yeah. He's a side villain. But he's almost a villain that's not for him. It's for Holly. Yeah, it is almost, and then she and that continues in the second movie. Yeah, of course, because they're on the airplane together. Yeah. Um, so then he's. I love that. There's all these little tiny comedic moments in this movie that are so great. So he's trying to convince his producer to give him a truck so he can go down there and cover this story. And they're about to start shooting their actual evening news program. Yeah. And he's like getting in an argument with the guy that the on-screen reporter guy, and he's like, "Eat it, Harvey." And then they're like, Harvey, we're live. Harvey, we're on the air. And he's like glaring <laughs> off the side of the screen. And he like turns and he's like shuffles his papers. And he's like, good evening. I'm Harvey Johnson. <laughs> and then, and I'm Gail Wallens. And Gail Wallens, uh, we saw, she turns up in Ricochet, that same character. She oh, remember the, oh, they yeah, tie yeah. the universes this, together. It's the same, oh, so they have it the in the same, same universe. universe. <laughs> That's amazing. Steven E. D'Souza okay. universe. Remember when they tried to make the dark universe at Universal? With the mummy reboot, not the mummy. It was the yeah, whatever reboot yeah. from with yeah, Tom. It was the mummy. Okay, I want the Die Hard universe to be rebooted. <laughs> yeah, Commando, Ricochet. Yeah, Die Hard. hell yeah. Fucking, can you imagine making Ricochet now? Uh, apparently, in Speed, another thing about Speed is that they use that same Pacific Courier Company truck that the guys drive in at the beginning. Oh, okay. well, isn't there also a connection between Commando? Yes, the fake the fake country that they go to in Commando is the fake country that they're in Die Hard, Die Hard, Die Hard two. 2. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. Franco Nero is coming from. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, guys, I think that we need to get together maybe in the next couple of days and really sit down and plot, plot this. Uh, <laughs> plot the Die Hard universe out. So, yeah, but that's the other thing is that you've got, even though, you know, the large amount of the focus is on McLean and Gruber and what's going on. We have these little side characters that are so, every one of them played so well. Uh, Al Powell, Reginald Vell Johnson, and William Atherton as this <laughs> grease ball. And then, of course, Paul Gleason shows up as Deputy Police Chief Dwayne T. Robinson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Once he comes on the scene and all the little spats between those characters and stuff is so great. Yeah. Well, I love that because cops are fucking stupid and this shows it. But in the towards ball. the end, you know, he has a great line. He's like, I think we're going to need more FBI, FBI guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> that's they hilarious. Up. Uh, yeah, that's great. I I don't really care for the conversation that um, what's his name, 
Al? Yeah, that Al has with John McClane, all that fucking hoorah <laughs> cops. I never I, took it as that way as hoorah cops. I thought I thought it was like I thought it was smart in the sense that it gives him someone to talk to outside I, of the situation. I, I understand. Right? I just like those are scenes in movies where I'm just like, ugh, like this is embarrassing. I thought like, that that was a moment of of like they're trying to calm everybody down. Everything they're trying to get like the audience like kind of like everything's okay. It's it's like a deep breathing exercise, right? And, yeah, and I guess so. To, to lead up to this, sh- they're I I think they're lying to each other. Right. No, I un- I understand what they're doing, and you know what that makes sense because I mean if you had a movie where it was just nonstop action, which I would love, Mad Max. <laughs> uh, you would want to leave the theater and get in a fight with somebody. <laughs> Mad, 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 you know, Mad Max Fury like, Road. I'm fucking jacked up. Let's go. I think that, <laughs> like, I think that, like, top of my head, I'm thinking that's a conversation where they're lying to each other to just like be like, let's just talk. Like, n- nothing's happening. This is all fake. He need he needs yeah. someone to play off of, yeah. right? Like, and he and, needs someone to have contact with. But the the fact that they have that conversation and they know. Maybe I'm reading way too much into this, but like the fact that they both know that they're having this fake conversation to like make everything okay is like a is the building block of a friendship where they can be calm right. and he needs and someone to, he needs other. someone that's sort of like yeah in a sense helping him even though that guy can't like actually lend him a hand right he's like he can talk to him yeah and be like, like hey man like we love you down here i under i understand i get it i get the purpose i just don't it's like also it. it's also 30 year 30 some odd years ago i also hate how these radios work it really bugs me <laughs> how can you talk it's a party line and the neighbor's got itchy trigger how can you talk <laughs> and then someone interrupt you and start talking as a person who just bought radios for my kids <laughs> So that we can talk to them, I agree with James. I mean, yeah, that's true. I've got to. T- I'm going to take my score down. <laughs> that's not. Yeah, one, <laughs> one. Uh, no, no, it's true. Like they they cut each other off. And like stuff I get it. it. It's one of those it movies. It's one movie. of those movie things. I I totally understand. There's a word for this, but it's the same reason that they don't uh, say goodbye in movies. It's it, yeah, like on TV the shows. on the telephone. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, there's a word for it. It, it, it is it's to expedite time, right? Because you know they're gonna say goodbye, so you just don't say goodbye. You know they're gonna talk to each other, so you just don't do. You just let them talk, right? Like it's it's just a way to expedite the conversation. Is the movie? Yeah. It's pushed. It's projecting forward. Well, how how stupid <laughs> would it be if you're talking and then all of a sudden you let go and then it's halfway through somebody else? <laughs> Uh, yeah, can you imagine? You know what I mean? Right. Like, what? What did you say? Yeah, and, and they do. You're supposed to say ten four. And, and when you when you have those Over. moments, those are in comedy movies. Yeah, where yeah. it's like, are you talking to me? I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna, am I talking to you? You yeah. know. It, yeah. yeah. I get it. Um, I get all, it. We also get like the the moment here where McLean. He purposely talks to Hans on the, over the radio, and he and he kind of reveals how much he knows. He's like, "Oh, I know, since I f- I wax Tony and Marco and his friend here, and blah blah blah." And, and they're like, "How does he know so much shit?" Like, because he we know that he was on the elevator, right? And these yeah, names exactly. Down and, stuff. and Hans is and like, "Shut up!" Yeah, yeah. 
and he's like oh it's very kind of you <laughs> and like i don't know they're all their conversations and of course this is where we get he's like Did, are you just another american who saw too many movies and thinks he's john wayne john rambo wayne. um and he's like this you know we get the moment in the the, he's like, oh, I was always po- partial to Roy Rogers. I really like his sequined <laughs> shirts and stuff like that. <laughs> and then the and of course the Yippie Kaye motherfucker. But that's why I think it's so funny that they that they lean to John Wayne at the end and for, throughout the rep when he's actually not John Wayne. No, yeah, because he has no intent. John Wayne was alone. He was going at it alone. Well, Whereas, he's, yeah, right, well, go ahead. He, you know, he's, I mean, he's, it's Gary Cooper asshole because he's the reference is High Noon, which is a movie where a sheriff has to take on a bunch of yes. guys by himself. Um, but yeah, so then you know, I guess apparently McTiernan wanted him to say Yippie Tie Tie motherfucker. Yippie Tie Yippie Tie and and Bruce Willis was like, no, no, it's Yippie Kaye. and then they argued about it and they shot it both ways and they're like, oh yeah, Kaye sounds right. Yippie Tie <laughs> I've never what Yippie Tie Yeah, yeah. I mean, if they had said that, everyone would be saying Yippie Tie Everyone would be saying Yippie Tie no, motherfucker. No one would be saying Yippie Tie <laughs> It wouldn't have landed. <laughs> they they shot it and they were like, yeah, Yippie Kaye sounds we... sounds right. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Um, sorry, I'm getting, where are we at now? Well, we have to talk about where Hans is up on the roof checking things out. Right, he he's gonna he needs to get the detonators back because <clears throat> Bruce Willis killed Heinrich and he had the detonators. Right. Um, of course, we have the scenes where the police try to come in. We get the great moment where the SWAT team is charging the building. The guy pricks the his hand bush. on the rose bush and goes, "Oh Jesus! Ow. <laughs> oh, fuck! That's so fucking funny." That's what I mean, though. There's so many little funny bits, right? Throughout but the like whole movie. the idea of putting the it's the tough SWAT guys that come in charging the, in. The idea of putting that in, yeah, and leaving in it in the movie. Is yeah. it eighty-eight? Yeah, like it's so good. Like and I feel like this movie was underappreciated, even though it was a huge success. It was underappreciated for like at least ten years. Yeah, and I mean, as a kid, that's the thing. Like, yeah, I was obsessed with it and watched it over and over again and loved then, it. I every time I found out like someone I knew hadn't watched it, and I was like, okay, we're having a sleepover and watch and fucking die. I do not feel like it. the nineteen nineties <laughs> like learned from the lessons of this movie because <laughs> I've seen I lived through the nineties and it's has nothing to do with Die Hard. It has nothing to do with um, and it. I mean, yeah, it's funny because I didn't know that it was like, you know, growing up and loving it. I didn't know that it, other people thought it was the greatest thing ever either. Right. That only came about later as I, you know, got older. And then it's like now, OK, you talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine and how much they reference Die Hard and how it's the greatest whatever action movie ever. I didn't know that other people thought that when I was obsessed with it. I right. was just doing it on my own. Being yeah. like, oh, you've got to watch Die Hard. You've got to watch Die Hard. You've got to watch Die Um so it's kind of weird afterwards and I mean that was me with clerks right, right yeah it didn't work for almost everybody except for James <laughs> they're like fuck yeah. this what are you, what are you <laughs> fuck you you what is this trash how am I watching this shit I mean it it's kind of the brilliance of this movie that every scene a scene that would be so simple where a bunch of SWAT guys go to yeah, the you building. get you make some flavor for it. Right? Yeah, you get a little bit of flavor. You get a nice little line where he. You just... got Theo calling the action. And the, yeah. Oh well, my God, the quarterback is toast. <laughs> Holy shit, Theo! Oh, yeah. so good. They, they hit it with the rockets. Um, what would have happened if John McTiernan didn't didn't go to prison for trying to was it kill his wife? 
Wait, who? Sorry? Oh, John McTiernan. Was that what it was? I thought it was some tax evasion uh, shit. Whatever. He tried to do something, but he went to jail. Uh, McLean drops the C4 that he has down the elevator shaft. He's like, Take this under advisement, jerkweed, he says. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Drops it down there, blows those guys up. Uh, this is where we get Dwayne T. Robinson on the horn with McLean. And he's like, I got 100 people down here and they're covered in glass. <laughs> <laughs> This is so great, Paul Gleason. And he's like, Glass? Who the fuck gives a shit about glass? Who the fuck is this? <laughs> oh, you're in charge. Well, from up here, Dwayne, it doesn't look like you're in charge of jack shit. Uh, all that stuff. I mean, oh, it's just so good. Um, all that dialogue. Okay, so, so yeah, so Hans has to go get the detonators. So he comes up. Can we do the ending and then can we do our favorite scene? Yeah. And then our ratings? Because I'd really like to just like... I, we're in a time crunch in which we can't we can't bring this to another episode. We I think we should do a bonus episode on Patreon where we talk more about the movie. Yeah, that's something to think about. Down but the let's road. let's uh, let's just like kind of maybe wrap it up. Uh, well, let's talk about favorite scenes then before we do any scores. We don't want to talk about the end of the movie. Though. Well, we should. Yeah, we should talk. That's about what I'm saying let's because once that starts hitting, like one, it all starts with with the Gruber part going to to try to get the detonators, pretending he's an American guy that works there. Yeah, McLean hasn't fallen for it at all. All that shit is so good. No bullets. What do you think? I'm fucking stupid, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, smoking the cigarettes together. And then, you know, the other guys come. We get the great shootout with all the glass. He runs. He gets the glass in his foot. Like, all this is building and building on yeah, each other. Yeah, he's losing a lot of blood. A ton of blood out of that foot. He's pulling the glass out of his feet. He's also, at this point in your life, he's the most vulnerable hero, action hero you've ever seen. Yeah, he's so fucked up at this point. He loses his shirt, because he not at this point, because he ties it around his foot to stop the bleeding. Um, meanwhile, he's like figuring out that there's something else going on with these detonators. The FBI guys cut oh, the power. Man. We have that triumphant <laughs> moment when the vault opens up with Ode to Joy playing. I love how dumb they make these <laughs> FBI guys. <laughs> They're going, They're shitting in their pants now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Johnson and Johnson, no relation. <laughs> this is Agent Johnson. No, the other one. And then they're, <laughs> yeah. And then they're in they're in the helicopter. Just like fucking Saigon, eh, Slick? <laughs> it's like, I was in junior high. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, man. that's good it's stuff. It's just like such fucking losers. And they're, and they're like gunships. They're going to come and like kill the terrorists on the roof. They're like, what, lose 20, 30% of the hostages? I can live with that. <laughs> it's like Ride of the Valkyrie or something. Yeah. Um, and so then McLean finds the explosives, but that's right when Carl shows up. They have that intense hand-to-hand fight, which might be my favorite hand-to-hand fight in any movie. Not because it's fancy, but just because of the intensity of it. Like, McLean starts hauling off when he's against those cans, and he's just feeding him shots, shots, shots. And then Carl, of course, gets the advantage because he hasn't been fucked up for hours on end. Yeah. And he's beating the shit out of him. But somehow McLean comes out on top again. Carl gets the gun and shoots him and just grazes his arm. Um, another detail that stays with like the, the the move like the grooves in his arm and the blood and stuff, and then the fight when they're on the stairs. This might be my favorite line that any good guy says to a bad guy ever in a movie, when he's wrapping the chain around his neck and punching him, and he's like, "I'm gonna fucking kill you, I'm gonna fucking cook you, and I'm gonna fucking eat you." Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> And then hangs him by the chain. And then, like, no time to fucking sit around and be tired. He checks his gun, checks the bullets, and he's running off again because 
the guy, the people are on the roof and the roof is going to blow. Well, there's like no the time. way that this is all building and building. Yeah, yeah, because like the it, helicopters it, are coming in. Like all this is happening at once. Everything is pushing you. Momentum is completely pushing you like towards this like ending point. Like 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 you know you end you start off with like a marathon. There's like there's like a hundred runners, right? Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's like an arrow. And it's like getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And eventually yeah. only one person is going to be able to get through the gate. Yeah. And he comes through and he kills Al Leong and blows him away with a, some nice squib action there out of the back. Yeah. I love his scene where he's downstairs and he gets the, he gets candy, the candy bar. bar. Also Al Leong's idea, apparently, to eat the chocolate um, bars. That shit so, was fucking so funny good. as hell. But um, when the roof blows up, you get... An awesome scene where he ties that fire hose around his waist. Oh yeah, and, and he's he's on the outside of the building, and his bloody feet yes. are on the glass. Yes, went through, uh, he, he goes down that hose. The way that he swings into the fucking side of the building because the wheel comes off and then yeah. like gets stuck on something again. And he, oh man, it's, it's all just done so perfectly. But it's so incredibly violent and brutal. But building and, and awesome. building on, and like each, it's getting bigger and bigger of a thing. Like these FBI guys are trying to shoot him. The, the roof blows because Hans have, blows the roof. But could you imagine if Schwarzenegger was doing this? It would never hit. No, no. Yeah, yeah I just don't. It just wouldn't feel the same. We um, should have done a double feature with Skyscraper. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's a great point, though. It's like The Rock couldn't pull this off. No fucking way. No, it no. just wouldn't be right. And I honestly, I'd have to think really, really long and hard. It about has to be a normal guy it. who can get hurt like this. And James Kahn. <laughs> James Gunn. <laughs> De Niro was up for this. He did Midnight Run instead. Uh, I, they came out oh, the same day, minute, same release. Midnight Run is oh, it's great, fucking amazing, it's fantastic. Movie. Um, so then, yeah, shoots through the glass, comes through, then then the thing is pulling him off because it's out. so heavy. Yeah, just barely undoes it. I love his reaction when he just gets the hose undone and he's like breathing heavily through his nose, where it's like, <laughs> yeah. like holy shit, like God, just escaped that. Then he's coming through the building, like everything is on fire and falling apart, oh. and like the elevator just goes ding and then bl- blows up. You get that amazing scene, like it, like I feel like it was like a throwback to Commando, Predator, uh, Rambo, where he goes through the water and he's like, yeah, it's like he's like, in the jungle, like he's in the jungle, <laughs> right? Like it's so cool, <laughs> yeah. Everything's the Christmas trees are falling over. Yeah. Everything is destroyed, um, and he can hear. Uh, meanwhile, Argyle takes out Theo in the basement because yeah. <laughs> he's trying to get away with their ambulance that they Fuck had hidden Argyle. in the back. <laughs> I love the way that that's shot with him, that limo full on tra- charging into the van, yeah. the ambulance. It looks like so impactful. Um, and so then McLean's looking and realizes he's got two fucking bullets left. Yeah. He's like, what am I going to do? Sees the, the Christmas tape. Um, and of course, so he, he tapes the gun on his back and goes in. That's some good tape because he's sweaty as fuck. He's sweaty and bloody. And that's that moment where you like you brought up James when Holly's like, Jesus, like, holy shit. He's, Jesus fucking Christ, John. He's like, hi, he's like hi, honey. <laughs> he's just like limping. He's yeah. all fucked up. Uh, he's barely made it here. And... Uh, you know, we get Hans with that great line, like, oh, why did you have to nuke the fucking building, Hans? And he's like, oh, when you steal $600, you can just disappear. But when you steal $600 million, they will find you unless they think you're already dead. <laughs> Put down the gun. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, fuck, this is so classic. What, as a kid, I thought this was, like, the coolest thing ever, that he taped the gun to his back. He's got two bullets, two bad guys. Yeah. 
manages to take and them both out. They make the cowboy the joke again, the yippee ki Yeah. Uh, what, what do you say? yippee ki motherfuck? <laughs> motherfuck. <laughs> uh, yeah. They start so, laughing. <laughs> so, I mean, he shoots Hans and then he shoots the other guy. Right in the head. And Boom. then Hans is like backing up, falling out the window, but still a hold of Holly. He's got a hold of the, ro- the Rolex. The Rolex. <laughs> Fucking Ellis. And we didn't even talk about the great Ellis death oh, scene. Yeah. So perfect. Hans, Booby, I'm your white knight. I love that they bring him a coke. <laughs> I couldn't give a shit we about got, your politics, I, whether I you're think, pissed off. <laughs> they says uh, we, I have an idea for how we can talk about all that stuff later. But I think that we should probably wrap up like. Yeah. And so, yeah, great finale. The the, the FBI's guys blow up, of course. The roof blows up. And he shoots them, and then, of course, we see Hans Gruber after he gets the watch off. He falls, and we see that expression. I guess they were doing, you know, they dropped uh, Alan Rickman, you know, onto a a, a pad or whatever. But, like, they were going to give him a three count, and apparently they went on two Two. so that he would be surprised. That surprise on his face is real. This is Hollywood lore. This is, like, how you got that shot. Who knows if it's true? It doesn't even fucking matter. Yeah, that's the story. I love... Might be apocryphal. I love that stuff. Apocryphal stuff is is amazing, because who cares? I mean, it's just the fun little details. I mean, I kind of thought, though, like... Oh, Jesus, I hope that's not a hostage. If you were... (laughs) Yeah. If you were Hans, I mean, at some point you think... Okay, I'm falling. Well, I still got a gun in my hand. <laughs> I don't know if you would be able to aim that gun as so you're what? falling. I, so feel like I'm, I know James. Ja- so I feel what? like so I feel what? like James is shooting that gun. I would be shooting that di- gun wildly while yeah. he's dying. I feel like James <laughs> is being like, "Well, I guess I'm going squeeze down." Off some shots. I mean, I'd probably turn around and try and shoot people on the ground. <laughs> Should we rate the movie? Oh, jeez. Yeah, I mean, we got to rate it. Uh, of course, you know, Carl comes out at the end and and uh, Al Powell has to use his gun one more time. And, and Yeah, how? how? How does he come alive? How does he come alive? Well, I mean, if you look at the scene where he, he throws him to the wall with the chain around his neck, it shows him with his hand like this, like holding the chain. So, like, he's like... Trying oh. To, but I don't... I mean, obviously... Uh, Dustin is imagine. holding his a, cha- a, a uh, fictitious uh, chain. Uh, sorry, yeah, you neck. can't see this, guys, but I'm holding the chain oh, with my okay. hand. Um, yeah, so I guess you're supposed to think he, like, stopped himself from choking or And whatever. then Holly gets to punch the reporter. Holly punches William Atherton because they put he put them in jeopardy by interviewing the kids. Which is how Gruber knew that they were a uh, husband and wife. So I had a peek. We we talked about our... I, we didn't talk about it, but I saw you guys' scores mm-hmm. before this movie. You did, yeah. And I want to talk about that. So before this movie... Before we started recording, I uh, I put my scores in. I, I was the last one to put my scores in. And I want to do uh, a little... I want to have a conversation about this. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to. Yeah, we do. <laughs> It's it's we have we have seven <laughs> six minutes. You guys did not give this movie a ten to begin with. I didn't give it straight tens. I think I had a couple of nines in my different, my different rankings. Mm-hmm. What made you guys change that? Well, I mean it's tough. I mean part of me still thinks you could uh, have a couple nines in this just because of the way we rank movies. But you brought up a good point, John. Where it's like okay, but if this doesn't get straight tens, then what the fuck does, right? Yeah. Um. And it, it, whatever, I think there's an argument to be made either way. I think I was kind of trying to restrain myself, so I wasn't just the fucking like nerd coming in here being like, "It's Die Hard, guys!" So it's ten out of ten out of ten out of ten. <laughs> whatever. I'm surprised um, though, because like if 
it was going to be any movie, it would be this movie where you. Just yes, like, for me, it is that care. movie. Because to me, to me, it is perfect. Like I know it's not actually literally perfect. Nothing's perfect. But I would not change anything about it because it's because it is that movie. So to I'll me. say the attitude I came in with. My attitude was I came in with straight tense. Um, yeah. I watched it last night. Mm-hmm. I was a little bit fucked up, <laughs> but I've watched this movie a million times. I I love this movie. Um, and I was like, this is a fucking, this is a perfect action movie. This is the, the action movie that I want every other action movie to like be in different mm-hmm. ways, but be. So w- I don't think it's a secret. We all gave it tens. Tens across the in board. The, in the end, after a discussion, after I said my, my spiel. Yeah. I think I had a uh, plot at a nine and pacing at a nine or something like that. Or? Yeah. And I think James was, was similar. Yeah. I had pacing at eight. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think that we've always been leading up to the point where this was going to be a 10. This was going to be our our number one movie of all time. I mean, I felt that it was likely. I wasn't sure for sure that it would be because I wasn't, you know, I know you guys love the movie too, but I didn't know if you thought, you know, regarded I mean, it as highly as I do. I, I don't think I gave it 10s right away because like just because it's Die Hard doesn't mean... Right. It's a 10. Yeah, but I watched it and then I was like, oh, of course it is. It's a 10. I yeah. love I love everything about it. I love every moment, every musical cue, every fucking the lines of dialogue, the way the characters, the way that they find a way to have a bunch of li- little characters in this movie, despite the fact that it's about a guy stuck in a building. So here's my point. My point is, is that I think this is going to be the movie that every other movie is going to be compared to. It's always been that way. For me, yeah. we've, we've been leading that. We're, yeah, I mean, and we talked we talked about this being the very last episode we would ever do, just because, to me, I can't see anything beating it. Maybe something will come out that'll so somehow top it. What I um, want to do is I actually want to take this movie completely off the board. Whoa. I want to delete it from our ranking. No, I, I don't make know this, if I can agree to that. <laughs> I want to make this the Die Hard Memorial list of action movies. Die Hard, I don't think deserves. I, I I think it deserves to be not a part of this list because it's so good. Because I don't think anything's gonna beat it. I mean, that's an interesting idea, but I, yeah, nothing's gonna beat it. But well, then, but I, then I, it's kind of it kind of sucks because then that means, um, I it, mean the whole the whole episode like their whole show is list is the list based. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fine, but the list has a title. And we can give the title to be the Die Hard List. The Die Hard List. And I, I, I just think that it would be a lot more fun if we took Die Hard out of the picture and we just, we retired it. And we said, hey, you know what? We've finally done Die Hard. It's obviously the perfect 10. And if a movie ever comes up, there's no reason that we can't take that back. I guess. But for but- now, <laughs> I think that we should say. James, what do you think about this? This is the Die Hard Memorial mm. List. Of the greatest action movies of all time. The Die Hard Memorialist. I mean, I don't know. I'd have to think about that, which is, you know. We, Let's think about it. Because I want it to take its rightful place. I it, want it but, to. But it has. I want this, it to finally knock something out of number one, but which, which that hasn't happened since very early in the show. We've had it, the same number one. But there. it has its, It has that still. It is the best. It is the best. In the sense that it is in a place that is above everything else. We're going to get so many people be like, why isn't Die Hard on your list? Well, well, that's one thing. I don't give a fuck but, about people. 
You're talking uh, to the wrong guy here. I'll have to think about it, but I feel like it should just be number one on the list. So, so. This, my concern for this is, is that if we put it at number one, it's almost like a swan song. It's almost like this is this is our our dying song before we end. Well, honestly, there's not a whole lot of movies that I feel can get like I was searching for movies that other than Die Hard that would beat okay Mad and, Max Fury Road. And the thing like, is, I think mm-hmm. movies can beat Mad Max. Yeah, I mean, I don't like think movies can. There's not that many action movies left for us to cover that could potentially. But for James, do that. but here's the thing: for James, John Wick could beat Mad Max. I mean, yeah, right, John Wick could, yeah. But um, for me, Die Hard is the. So here's what I'm going to say: for right now, for the day we're recording this, should we put it out there as a thing, a question, a poll? I think we should. Should we pull the Patreon? I think that we should ask. I guarantee you, they're going to say put it on the list. <laughs> well, we, I, let's do it. Just see what let's they put say. it on the list. Okay. But at the end of the day, we're not beholden to them. Yeah. So if it if it goes on the list, then it's the new number one. If it is the list, then. Uh, <laughs> I guess it'll it'll just be what the list is aspiring to, is to, to get if, to that if level. If you're the best at something and nobody's ever going to beat you, it's... I mean, if I was the best at something, which I'm not, I will never be. <laughs> Unless it's just like making huge mistakes that are very <laughs> obvious. So it's not the greatest action movies list. It's... It's the, uh, it's the it's Die the, Hard it's, in memoriam list of greatest action movies of all time. It's the greatest action movies that aren't as good as Die Hard. Yes. <laughs> that aren't as good as Die Hard. In a sense, yeah. Uh, I mean, I wanted to... It's a good thing we did it now, too, just in the terms of timing. Like, we found out all this stuff about Bruce Willis and his aphasia, and, like, he can't make movies anymore. It's it, so shitty. Which and sucks because we made a bunch of jokes about why he was... He was like, so important to me as a movie watcher and lover. Oh, and, my God, yeah. Um, so it's... I don't know. It's appropriate that we have done the movie now. I guess this is a, this is a debate to get into about what we're going to do with the list from here on. Um, and we'll have to talk about that more down the road. But let's let's ask our Patreons what they think and we'll get a sense of what people are feeling about that. Um, and I think that what we should do after this is I think we should do a box office game. I think we should talk a little bit more about about uh, Die Hard and how much we loved it, the things that we didn't talk about, and do a little bonus episode on Patreon. Because I think we have a yeah. lot more to say. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I can talk about it a lot more. So, Yeah, I think a bonus episode on Patreon. But holy shit, man. Fuck, what a great fucking movie. It's the best. It's, it's the so goat. good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, mean, I want to hear, too, from people like... If you have a different favorite action movie, Die Hard is not your favorite. Uh, tell us what it is. Oh on God, yeah, Instagram. Under Siege. Yeah, <laughs> tell us what it is and why. Under Siege too. Uh, all right, that so cliff scene. We're gonna wrap it up. Uh, this was our 200th review, 200th movie that was supposed to go on the list, might not go on the well, list. Well, yeah, now, <laughs> yeah, now you've ruined this whole purpose of the 200th pick, John. Um, but yeah, so check us out on Instagram, Action Action. We're on Letterbox. That's where our list lives. We are on Patreon. Uh, think about joining up there. There's different tiers you can get in on. And thanks so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. These guys, guys.